podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Hey everyone, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation. I'm Matt. I'm Andy. And I'm Devanani Rao. Ooh, he's so loud, Devanani. He's really close. I'm, he's creepily close. Look, if I was going to negotiate for the rights to a wormhole, I'd want Devanani on my side. <laughs> I wouldn't. He's well, bad news. No, he's good news, because he can read the news from everybody's brain. <laughs> Why would you want to do that? It's the best news there is. <laughs> That's very slanted news. Well, you know, it's like, uh, I can tell if you're going to negotiate or not. Because I'm Devin Rawl. But I'm not Devin. I'm Matt. And I'm God. No, I'm not. And I'm Devin Rawl. Wow, he's back. Okay, we got it. Uh, so, Andy, it's uh, an episode we like to call Liaisons. We're talking about today. And I'll tell everybody. Matt, would you have them watch this episode? I'd watch... No, you don't have to. <laughs> I was going to say half of it, but... I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that was a better answer. <laughs> it's not <laughs> the worst thing I've ever seen. It's just... It's kind of dull. Uh, which is not bad. I don't know. I like a... <sighs> I guess I don't. It's up to you, people. Enjoy this, or not. This this answer does not fit before the horn, horn it section. It does not. <laughs> it does not. It does not. Or does it? <laughs> um, I never thought about that. I could just pause that, make it as long as I wanted to. That's true. Yeah. Wow. It's fun to figure things out. Uh, Andy, let's take a step over to the Admirals Club. All right. Matt, how do they get into the Admirals Club? Well, Andy, soon to have a birthday, Secunda. This year I won't forget. Uh, all they got to do is head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. You'll be automatically into the Admirals Club and uh, maybe even hear your review read on this very podcast. Andy, who do we have this week? From DS9 Fan 2020. <laughs> not, not a DS9 fan of 2021, I guess. Um, we hear best Star Trek podcast I've heard today. Uh, this is abs- the absolute best podcast if you're looking for a deep discussion of the various culinary habits of Andrew Secunda and Matt Myra <laughs> and its intersection with the Star Trek franchise. A more honest title of this podcast would be Food Trek, the next pizza conversation. Oh. And I am here for it. Not only do you uh, get to learn all about the next generation, but to, quote, follow a bad pizza with a good pizza to cover up the bad pizza, unquote. (laughs) Come for the knowledge, indulge yourself with the delectable delights of the Alpha Quadrant, stay for the belly laughs as Andy and Matt misfire, drops, and argue if the cap 
is on Dr. Crusher's hypo spray. <laughs> You'll give it a million Andes after just one listen. Uh, asterisk, results may vary. Offer not valid on Vulcan if your pawn far lasts longer than four hours. Please seek medical attention immediately. Not responsible for skin rashes that may develop. Do not watch Star Trek The Next Generation while driving. May cause uh, gastric distress or mild headaches. In some rare cases, Andrew's going to may cause temporal blindness and or sudden death. Please continue taking Star Trek The Next Conversation, even if you develop one or all side effects. I would argue our biggest side effect is drowsiness. That's uh, the one, the drowsiness we cause in our listeners? Yes. For us. Yes. No. <laughs> or both. No, well, you know, I think we just get residual drowsiness, but uh, our listeners sure. get it get it the hardest. Sympathetic drowsiness. Um, I wrote that song. Another now. one is uh, best TV podcast period from Televisionary ZW. This is the best pod TV podcast out there. Great combination of love and fair analysis. Even if Andy does wildly overinterpret what gets into the <laughs> this week in Trek segments, <laughs> I write for them. I guess I've had theories about uh, what uh, I think it was. This must be Zach. Um, <laughs> what that was motivating Zach to put certain things in there. <laughs> Uh, but thank you, Lieutenant Commander Zach. Uh, President Circle Names by LD66. A Voyager podcast on Patreon is promised to publicly read patrons' names once a month. This podcast fulfills that obligation. Five stars. <laughs> That's a funny, 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 funny and dumb and funny, funny dumb review Truth thank you advertising thank you that's it for the admiral's club <laughs> that tickled me for some reason anyway let's go to the president's circle the united federation of planets president's circle hey it's the president's circle you want to get in here very easy all you have to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash star trek tnc and become a patron at the president's level where you'll get yourself up to four bonus podcasts every month two episodes of voyager two episodes of enterprise and uh, if you don't feel like springing for the president's circle well get yourself two episodes of enterprise for uh you know lieutenant's level it's all there support the show andy uh you're gonna you're gonna tell us who had the best comment of the week with the president uh, president's circle members Christopher Pike Medal of Valor that is almost saved that sentence but did up. not <laughs> he did it did not save the sentence and uh, <laughs> it was close who's getting the award this week our awardee there are two awardees one is uh, Lieutenant Andrew Gibson who writes enough of this this is in regards to the uh, the prior episode Descent Part Two um, there's a lot of lore and data. Galore. Um, Galorndon Core. Galorndon Core with lore. <laughs> Ooh, that's a great name for some kind of parody. Um, enough of this anti-android propaganda. You guys are just shilling for big biology. Uh, if you get rid of everyone who's been reprogrammed and taken over the ship, you'd have to ditch the whole crew. I'm referring to the episodes Lonely Among Us, The Game, Clues, The Nth Degree, Power Play... Uh, admittedly, Data was also taken over in that one as well. Uh, I'm sure for Starfleet, brainwashed crews taking over ships is just a cost of doing business. And then uh, Anthony Wiper uh, adds, uh, agreed, the only crew left would be the Dolphins and Cetacean Ops. 
Um, and then also Anthony Wiper adds, is uh, taking Laura apart effectively a death sentence? Where does that sit with Data's ethics? Is this not effectively what Picard fought tooth and nail to prevent happening in Measure of a Man? I mean, I would have put him through a shredder to be on the safe <laughs> side, but I'm not that evolved and I'm not in Starfleet. That is a funny uh, point of view. It's just a long, it's just a long time, long term purgatory, you know. Right. Let's just put him in a box. Yeah, basically, put him in a box, him never in a to box. address him again. Put him in a storage locker. Do you think we're going to see Laura in uh, season two of Picard? No, no. I think they're kind of like, Meh, we're done with so that. So much data, though. I think if Brent Spiner comes back, he'll come back as that new Sung family member. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? It's like, well, all right. I guess there's a lot of. Sings we didn't know about. <laughs> um, what do you think about the uh, everybody's taking over the ship, therefore why are we always hammering on Data? Uh, because it happens often with Data. It's true. So He's also super-powered. So. <laughs> he is also super-powered. Excellent point. It's less of a... Less of an obstacle for him taking yeah, over the Yeah, I mean, ship. like, Riker can't, like, do a great impression of Picard and override command uh, programming on the on right. the ship. But Data can. Yeah. He sure can. And and conk anybody on the head he wants to. Conked. Um, that's it for the, uh, so it's now we're into the Priority One pr- messages proper. That's true, so let's hear that. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on Secure Channel. All right, Secure Channel is open. Andy, what are our patrons saying about last week's episode or last month's episode or the last episode we recorded? Lieutenant Jason Randall writes, After watching Picard, then re-watching these Data Lore episodes, uh, it really makes me root for both Maddox and the Romulans. <laughs> Fair. I don't, I don't um, disagree. You disagree? I don't disagree, I said. You don't disagree? Correct. Um... Disagree. Not, disagree, I do not. You do not not disagree. Agree, I do. Uh, nice. Just like Star Wars, right? That's that was right. an Yoda. You That's did a Yoda. That's right. Oh, wow. I caught it. Command Master Chief Robert Garrison writes, I have always loved Lieutenant Barnaby, the tactical officer. They could have made his, him argumentative and belittle a doctor in command. You got to admit, he has the look where he could have easily played... Uh, quote the douche officer but instead he was a good officer and supported her and as someone else pointed out even started to lift up the ensign after their rocky start uh i mean look uh, we're big uh, we're big barnaby fans on the show <laughs> barnaby and ensign what was their name mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i only know barnaby's name because it was just said in that email <laughs> if only her name was also said in that email. From it was something with a T at the Tate. end. Tate, that's it. All right. Tate. We're big Tate fans um, here on the show. I hope it was Ensign Tate. Anyway, it was close to Ensign Tate. Um, Eric Peebles writes... Mm-hmm. Hales. Mm-hmm. Um, I always wrote off Data's actions to being overwhelmed by experiencing emotions for the first time. It's like falling in love for the first time. You can easily lose yourself. Whatever mattered before is secondary to that feeling and infatuation. 
Lore was feeding his emotions and threatening to withhold them, so he acquiesced. Android toxic relationships get out of hand fast. <laughs> this was in response to my questioning if just removing the positive emotions would make him evil. And I still question it. Well, A couple of people wrote in with this that sort of take. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I find it questionable. <laughs> well, we'll never get answers to this, by the way. Just so we're all aware. What if Brent Spiner is on the podcast? <laughs> well, I, I don't think he'll have answers either. No, he won't either. He'll just have his take, his actor's take. Live Long and Dad podcast writes, uh, amazing how quickly they were able to beam up the almost 1,000 away team members, 1,000 uh, away team members, with a skeleton crew manning the transporters. They beam up most of the people from the planet, and Barnaby is the only new person to come on the bridge. I guess they mainly beamed up the people that feed the dolphins and whale. And a single whale. Yeah. I like it. A lot of Cetacean Alps references these this week. Uh, James McLaughlin writes, McLaughlin? Um, that's, that's really how, we, how we've solved not knowing how to say people's names if we just give a bunch like one of them's gotta be it's right it's like a spray chart you know we'll hit it eventually right would you guys consider doing a live show at a drive-in for all good things could do a live commentary or show the episode and do the pod afterwards what a, what a very specific request and where would this drive-in be <laughs> yeah that's a good point where do you there, live interestingly there. I don't know if we mentioned like maybe we'll do something for good, all good things people are starting to look toward all good things and want a live show for it it's Everybody's happening uh, the all good things is happening sooner than we ever predicted because we're in season 7 now I know but we're also us so who knows when we're, we're also happening. us we're also uh, creeping back to normal <laughs> TBD yeah <laughs> regarding I mean, uh, live shows and such um, Mr. The Ultimate Trekker writes, Troy was the MVC for suggesting that they give the circadian pulse a try. <laughs> she was the one who said, I think we should give it a try. And then I think it's worth a try. And then uh, Lieutenant Joel Ahrens writes, no, no, for watching the door. The whole episode hinged in it. On it. I guess he means. Um, Lieutenant Martha writes, I'm pretty sure it was the episode where you talked about how many Starfleet officers versus enlisted people are on the Enterprise, and it got me thinking about how many civilians are on Enterprise, which got me thinking, there are clearly many military science and transport ships, but where are the cruise ships? Isn't there a Princess Cruise Line of the galaxy? Shouldn't there be at least one Starfleet episode somewhere that involves rescuing a galactic cruise uh, ship full of tourists who can't handle whatever disaster has befallen them? Somehow this feels like a gigantic missing piece in the Star Trek oeuvre. I mean, you kind of get that a little bit with the um, first season episode where they beam up those... They get the frozen Texas guy, the guitar player guy, and uh, the businessman Wait, who they... wants to check on his bank accounts. Weren't they defrosted, though? They yeah, were yeah, time yeah, travelers. Yeah. They weren't time travelers. They were just... Not time travelers, but they were right there cryostasis. Come on, Andy. You know cryostasis. They were out of time. Yes, they were out of time. Um, I didn't mean that as a a, a word word play. Um, What, uh, but that's, yeah, it's a little little bit different. It's a little bit. I guess there's. I'm just saying it's a little bit like that, but that said, I think uh, I would have enjoyed that episode, this this episode you just pitched. (laughs) 
I guess that's basically what Avenue 5 is. Mm, no, but that's not like the Enterprise having to deal with Avenue like that. You know what I mean? No. The interaction of... I think the interaction of, ship. Of, of tourists and Starfleet would be interesting. Yeah. Have you seen Avenue 5? No. No. Um, I've seen billboards. <laughs> How do you like the billboards? I like Hugh Laurie's face on a billboard, so I'm I'm on board. <laughs> <laughs> Lieutenant Frederick Rombouts writes, nothing to do with dissent, but now we're in season seven territory. I'd like to throw the idea out that after the penultimate TNG episode, Preemptive Strike, the boys take one more TNC episode to go back and do a rewatch of an encounter at Farpoint before doing all good things. Maybe it's asking a lot to add another TNC episode to their to-do list, but I think it would be fun to see them go back and review the first episode with their well-seasoned TNG expertise. I'll even come up with a Frank Sinatra come on for that week. And also, while trying to avoid spoilers, it could be helpful to revisit the pilot episode before going into the season finale. <laughs> there were some likes on that one. The penultimate so episode. We go Although I feel Far like Point. it's... Far uh, maybe I'm crazy. I feel like it's relatively fresh in my mind for some reason. But maybe I'm wrong. Hmm. I leave that to the captain. Um... Lieutenant Asher Mercer mm-hmm. writes, Hi, Andy and Matt. Watching Descent Part 2 only solidified my theory about TNG that has developed as I've listened to your rewatch, namely that Crusher and Riker should have had their roles swapped when the show was created. That is to say that the show should have featured Gates McFadden as First Officer Beverly Crusher and Jonathan Frakes as Dr. Will Riker, Chief Medical Officer. Seeing Crusher in command in this episode showed that Crusher would have made an excellent command officer, and swapping her and Frakes wouldn't have significantly altered the dynamics between the cast. It would have made a lot of dramatic sense for Crusher and Picard to be in command together with their past. In fact, the idea of the captain having a romantically complicated past with his first officer was later picked up by the Orville anyway. Also, I think casting Frakes as a CMO would have avoided the gender trap that the writers fell into of writing Crusher as such a crappy doctor. Let's be honest. In the late 80s, early 90s, the mostly male writers' room wrote women and men differently, and casting a man as a doctor probably would have led them to portraying Dr. Riker as a more competent CMO without changing any of Riker's key character traits. As evidence... I'd point to the rendering of DS9's Dr. Bashir in the early run of that mm-hmm. show, where he is written with a lot of similar traits as Riker, highly ethical, loyal, loyal, passionate about his beliefs, and very flirtatious. Whoa, spoilers. <laughs> um, I'd love to hear your takes on this uh, idea. Thanks, as always, for the endless hours of entertainment you have provided me, Asher. Asher Mercer, what an awesome name. I think it would work. I think what you're saying is valid. It'd be an interesting. It'd be interesting. <laughs> I like now. I like what you're saying though about like um, keeping the characters intact, like their background and stuff like that. I mean, their I guess their personal relationships. Well, I think it, there. I think it it does kind of put on essentially one way or the other what they should have been doing with the Beverly character all along, which is they kind of leaned into her being such a motherly character because of the Wesley uh, aspect yeah, that yeah. they sort of undermined her being a woman of the world, a kind of commanding woman of the world, which obviously comes into play in this in Descent Part 2. 
And that would have just been much cooler if she was just, you know, one of these Starfleet super people that happened to be a doctor but could do everything. I wonder what the... Uh... Like, once Wesley... Does Beverly get more interesting once Wesley leaves? A little bit. Because it, they lean on it a little bit. Because there's so many plots with her going, you're going to, no, don't hurt yourself. Yeah, yeah, Are yeah. you okay? Yeah. And taking care of yeah. Here's a side theory. Mm-hmm. Here's a side Andy's theory. Um, is Beverly kind of subpar at being a doctor because she's actually really good at being a commanding officer and that's what she should be. <laughs> she's uh, a badass. She should be in command of the ship. That's where her skills lie. I don't know. She was very influential in in in, in not uh, sending Hugh back with the virus. That's true. <laughs> Which I'm like, well, I don't know if that was such a good idea. <laughs> anyway. Well, we'll never know. That's the sad part. A lot of things we'll never know in this episode. Uh, Lieutenant Commander Jeff Mullins writes, Has Andy face, Andy's face blindness been cured? After all the autopsy jokes, I was delighted to hear you, Andy, make the connection that Lieutenant Barnaby and Dr. Joe Brill are the same actor. I've got my fingers crossed that you'll recognize the actor again in Season 3 of Voyager and Season 5 of DS9, but he's credited as, quote, humanoid figure in his five appearances in Enterprise. So he's tougher to pick out. Humanoid figure? He doesn't have a name? That's interesting. Humanoid figure. That is a, that is quite a credit. Um, I always wanted to play humanoid figure. I think you have in, in many ways. <laughs> yes, I have. Um, you know, here's an interesting point about my various face blindness issues. I think I'm good with voices. And I think I'm bad with faces. Andy has so your ears are your ears are just finely tuned machines. I believe so. Okay. I feel like I'm good at noting people. I when look they, forward to testing that throughout the rest of the run of the show. In like you know, VO or narration and stuff. I was going, Oh, that's that guy. Oh, that's Morgan Freeman. I know Morgan Freeman's <laughs> voice anywhere. Most most characteristic voice in the world. Uh, Lieutenant Richard Phillips writes, uh, nothing to do with the episode, but if you tickle a Vulcan aggressively enough, would they laugh? They respond to pain when it's great enough. How big would the feather duster need to be? I don't think it needs to be big. I think it just needs to be to hit them in the right spot. Right. But they would laugh because it was an involuntary sort of physical reaction? Is laughter... I think so. Is giggling from being tickled an emotion? No. I guess it is. It's a reaction. No. Is it a reaction? Yeah. Isn't it sort of the, oh, I feel like oh, it's it's intruding on me. Something's intruding on me in a silly way. It's, and it's, a, kind of it's a, a reaction, I think. I don't think it counts as an emotion. Isn't laughter a reaction? Yeah, but like to go, ow, is that an emotion? Or is that a reaction? A physical reaction, yeah. yeah. That's fair. That's a good question. Maladin from Michigan writes, Picard on an away mission. Riker hasn't had sex with anyone. Troy senses emotion. Worf is competent. Data is evil. Geordi seems fearful of a machine, a.k.a. Data. <laughs> Crusher is leading and not performing auto- autopsies. Matt and Andy did two episodes in ten days. Are we in the mirror universe? <laughs> yes. It's valid. 
uh, that's it for the priority one messages. All righty, let's slide out of here and head out to the hallway. We're going out back through the long way. And we'll continue walking. Um, Goodbye, Thank you. Okay. And we're in the hallway, and we can open up the hail bag proper with some hail. Um, uh, yes. I'm going to ask you to play this week's episode as a jingle that Nacho sent us after I finish this hail. Okay. So, which is in Captain, we are being hailed. today's sounds. Which is in today's sounds. Nacho, our good friend, Lopez Echeverria, uh, writes, For those charming times when Andy Secunda suddenly... Oh, this is the wrong one. Sorry. I apologize. Read the... Instead, play um, Andy Can't Talk. Hmm, okay. Uh, for those charming times when Andy Secunda suddenly doesn't remember how to human, <laughs> uh, cheers and love. I guess I must have requested this. Uh, no, he, he even spelled it for me. Nacho, Nacho Lopez Echeverria. Andy has forgotten how to speak if he ever knew how to speak. Hmm. <laughs> uh... What I uh, what I love about that is um, I I think that I I said I wanted a jingle for when I I fail to say something correctly, which is often. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He even added at the end of the song the sound that I usually make when I blow it. Yeah, <laughs> Just, uh. it's a really it's a really thoughtful and delightful. Thanks, Nacho. Um. All right, hello, gentlemen. Greg, G R E I G, um, from Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale. You can play the song. <laughs> Fort Lauderdale here. Matt Myra, you are now known as Matt the Barber Guy. I guess from a prior hail. Following up on pinball talk from last week's episode, I highly suggest checking out the PlayStation version of the TNG pinball machine. I have it's it. part of the pinball. Uh, arcade game in one of the game packs maybe pack number nine uh do you like it i do interesting it's a nice it's says, a nice port gave up on ds9 around season two never went back oh Looking forward to giving welcome. a second view you're gonna come all back the way with to us. the end greg lumsden greg's greg coming with lumsden. us ryan lupima sorry ryan lipuma <laughs> <laughs> and he has forgotten how to speak if he ever knew how to speak. <laughs> um, if you guys decide to do a live show someday, it should be in the San Francisco Bay Area. After all, it is home of Starfleet Academy. Oh, that's an excellent point. That would be fun. And it's it's drivable for us. It's drivable. It's quickly flyable. Um... I wonder if somebody was on the a scooter. On the face group, they were accumulating a map of where all of our our, uh, our crew was across the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So maybe I we can, should look I and see. I can find one much quicker than them. Who's graded? Who's got the greatest amalgamation of of our listeners? Mm-hmm. You mean by looking at our yeah our downloads? Everybody's IP address, not your actual tracking IP each address, person by the big brother world that we live in. Targeted ads. 
And then, uh, oh, Niklaus, at Niklaus on Twitter, mm-hmm. writes, do the final episode of TNC at Frank Sinatra's Palm Springs estate. <laughs> That'd also be fine. It's for sale. So that was for sale. <laughs> Somebody tweeted at us that we should buy it. It's like $4 million. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, we're trying to set that as like a... Um, it's a stretch goal. Yeah, it's a stretch goal for Patreon. So if we get to $1 million... <laughs> One million patrons. One, one we million will patrons. Buy, we'll we buy, buy the Frank Sinatra house <laughs> and then record a special episode that is just Frank Sinatra come ons. <laughs> That's a good idea for a bonus episode. Or is it the worst idea for a bonus episode? Who knows? Another another question never to be answered. <laughs> Descent part two uh, from Darnell Smith. Uh huh. Uh, Handy and Matt, this episode has always bugged me because the ship's doctor in command is in command. In naval vessels, I remember Darnell, I think, is in the service mm-hmm. for the Navy, I believe. There are two kinds of officers, line officers who execute the ship's mission, engineers, weapons officer, navigator, etc., and staff officers who provide the support for the crew, mm-hmm. doctors, dentists, chaplains, supply officers, etc. Staff staff. Uh, hit it. And he has forgotten how to speak If he ever knew how to speak mm. I don't know this, this, If we do that every time I make a mistake <laughs> We never get through the podcast Staff officers never take command A junior line officer would be put in charge Before a staff officer For example, if Wesley were still helmsman And Picard had to pick up Had to pick which crusher to leave in charge Ensign Wesley would take the con Before Commander Beverly that said, on rewatch, Beverly's an excellent ship's captain and by far the best part of the episode. Uh, I would just chalk that up to like whatever Starfleet command program training is required by officers. Yeah. That isn't currently required of uh, various branches of the military's officers now. Thank you. And I'll tell day. you something else. I mean, I love it. I love what Beverly does in that episode. I love that she's in charge. But uh, in terms of the skeleton crew, um, it seems like a terrible tactical blunder to leave such a skeleton crew on the ship. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's you very... got you got to think that Lore is planning some kind of backup plan to go after the Enterprise. Well, I mean, it's just like the idea of like, let's go find this crew member, but let's take a thousand people down to the planet because we'll find them faster. Yeah. <laughs> it's insanity. There's, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way. I wonder if it was all engineered by Barnaby. <laughs> it was Tate. Uh, she wanted, Tate? She wanted her Tate? shot at uh, tactical. Um. In your free moment, if you could look up uh, what her name is, just because I'm self-conscious now that we're getting it wrong. Uh, Amanda Goodwin writes, uh, Hi, Indian Matt. I started... It, it, is, deci- it is Tate. It's spelled T-A-I-T-T. Great. In the script. Hi, Indian Matt. I decided to start listening to podcasts uh, about a year ago when I was commuting 90 minutes each way to work. Well, I was about 12 sure years old. <laughs> Apparently not. I was 12 years old when I started watching TNG and was obsessed and in love with Commander Riker. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Of course, why wouldn't you be? The problem was that I felt the need to hide my love of Star Trek from my friends who thought I, it was super nerdy and uncool. Yeah. 
I really want to discuss and express my thoughts and feelings about Trek, just like uh, the two of you guys do together, but I had no outlet in which to do so. For me, your podcast is like having that outlet now as an adult, even if I don't get to join in on the conversation. I really enjoy listening to you two talk about things like behind-the-scenes writer stuff, just as much as your discussions about warp drive, starship classes, and transporter psychosis. While working in my home and listening to your podcast the other day, my husband uh, came in uh, to ask if I was really working or was just in there listen, laughing with your Star Trek friends. Uh, I turned him into a TNG fan, but doesn't like the fact that I'm still in love with Commander Riker. Well, Thanks to both on. of you for all the laughs. Stay happy and healthy. The higher, the fewer. Lieutenant <laughs> Amanda Goodwin. Amanda, PS, thank Matt, you. More, more air horns, please. You got it. The higher, the fewer. You're welcome. Uh, Commander Crusher, uh, the portrayal of women on TNG and Hugh from Andre Kane. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a little bit long, but I thought it was some valid points I mean, here. with a subject line like that, it can't be An information. Short. Hi, Andy and Matt. I'm a recent subscriber. Welcome to hell. Um, I found the TNC podcast after watching Matt uh, on AfterTrack and several YouTube clips of him interviewing various TNG cast members through the years. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that there have been lots of conversations regarding Beverly Crusher's characterization on TNG. Gates McFadden has stated over the years that she, quote, clashed with head writer Maurice Hurley. Uh, over what we felt she felt was poor and dated writing for the female characters and the general sexism and racism found in the first season scripts. Although Gates initially thought her suggestions would be well-received, since she was used to working in collaborative environments, Hurley demanded her dismissal and she was fired, uh, even though market research showed she was one of the top three most popular characters on the show during its first season. I think we knew most of that. Mm-hmm. When Gates returned to the show, she continued her quest to bring a more well-rounded and developed crusher and Troy to the screen. She insisted that Beverly have a more mature, dynamic relationship with her son instead of him constantly confiding in the male characters. Oh, that's a really good point. Uh, that Beverly was more forceful and given more chances to demonstrate her competencies and had hobbies and other interests. This likely led to Gates showing off her dancing abilities and data's day and scientific hobbies and clues and suspicions. Um, this constant dialing of the writer's room apparently came at a cost. Uh, Gates had directed numerous plays and even directed a sequence she choreographed in Jim Henson film production, but she was repeatedly passed over for TNG directing duties mm. while Frakes, Stewart, and Burton were given opportunities even though they had little or no experience. Gates was only given the Genesis episode in season seven to direct out of necessity. McFadden used to be a puppeteer and her experience was needed due to the prosthetics used in that episode. I suspect, although I have no evidence, the animosity ran so deep in her, in her regards that the producers intentionally sidelined her character in the feature films. That is interesting. She doesn't get as much to do in the feature films, does she? She does not. No, she's sort of underutilized. But I mean, it's hard when you have to service seven characters in a in what is essentially a two part episode. I mean, there's a lot of episodes of the show that don't service that many characters. That's fair, but it is consistent. Um, I only mentioned this to illuminate the hard struggle that Gates McFadden was fighting behind the scenes to bring depth to the female characters. In fact. Face of the Enemy was designed as a crusher vehicle until Troy was written in for him, her empathic abilities. Uh, as for, thank God, though, because that's one of the few ones that they, they give the ball to Troy in a major way. 
As for your recent Atta Girl for Beverly's short-lived but badass captaincy, there was more on the, on the line than the away team's lives. The reported scuttlebutt was that the producers were in the midst of developing Voyager and they were using Gates as a testbed as to whether or not a woman could deliver a convincing uh, performance of leadership in command. And I imagine they were hoping for a positive audience reaction to make the, ca- the case to nervous studio heads who didn't want a female captain. After all, Paramount was spending a report $25 million for the Voyager pilot. So I don't know if this is his perspective or the like that that was actually what motivated them. Because if it was the latter, that would be fascinating. Uh, I bet it. I bet there's probably, I don't know, there's got to be some truth to that. It definitely stands out. It's very interesting. It's fantastic what they do with her in, that, in Descent Part 2. But it's, it's odd. Uh, last notes. In regards to the constant convos about Gates' hair, she said at a convention for the most of her run on TNG, she, like Marina, wore, mi- uh, wore wigs. Go for it. <laughs> okay, I've lost it. There it is. And he has forgotten how to speak if he ever knew how to speak. Mm. More Migs. Uh, she said the earlier wigs were unflattering and looked chi- too matronly for her age. <laughs> um, can you tell me about the Mig? Top Gun. Uh, hence the rotating wigs. It wasn't until the sixth we were or inverted. seventh season. Huh? I said we were inverted. We were inverted. Then you get a cough and because, go, bullshit. Right. <laughs> Um, you'd be an ice man in the background. Mm-hmm. That's right, ice man. I am dangerous. You're unsafe. All right. Uh, there's so many. There's so many interactions in that movie that are. There's no line there. It's all performance. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's really impressive. Uh, it wasn't until the sixth or seventh season she was allowed to use her natural hair. That's fascinating. Um, I wonder why. Why wouldn't they let her use her natural hair? So strange. This is that's very confusing to me. I don't know. Finally, as to Andy's question, why uh, about why there was no follow through on the Borg captain Picard abandoned on the planet? Blame Rick Berman in a TV Guide interviewed. He has been blamed. Uh, I read. I read regarding the season seven premiere. Berman revealed once Lore was defeated. Later episodes would explore how Hugh and the Borg evolved. As the senior producers were engrossed with a feature film, DS Nine and Voyager, the storyline got dropped. That's why fans were excited to see Hugh and Picard. They were hoping for closure in this. Um, sorry for the long ass email. Regards, Andre Kane. Andre Kane. Uh, well, you know, long. But important. Good information. Good speculation. Great information. <laughs> Ta-da. We did it. You did uh, it. That is interesting that they were thinking, they were, they're, they're intending to continue with the storyline. That's interesting to me. Um, I mean, it it's kind of begs it. And certainly when you see the Borg next, do they, they never even touch on it, right? They just act like it's the same the board. Next time you see the Borg, it's first contact, I believe. It's, it's the Queen. The mm-hmm, Queen? Mm-hmm. And does the Queen address it? No. We, they don't even touch it. No. And the Queen undermines the... It's just whatever. Um, anyway. Um, 
I've complained about the queen enough. It just um, it gets perpetually like diluted the Borg. Such a shame. Such a good villain. If you'd like to send a hail to us, mm-hmm. send it to sttncpod at gmail.com or you can join the Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com Star Trek slash Star Trek TNC to get into Priority One messages where I will give your hail special notice and attention. Um, you can tweet at you can tweet Matt Myra at Matt Myra uh, and Instagram at the same place. You can Instagram me at Andrew Secunda or tweet me at Secunda. If you want to send a voicemail, send it to eight one six Trek TNC. Try to keep it under a minute and a half if you can. Uh, and that is it for the hills. Frequencies closed, sir. What do you think? Uh, what do I think? I think that um, I have one more hail that is tied to the next thing you got to play, which is that uh, that other thing. Well, let's the, play it then. Well, hang on one sec. So. New jingle this week's episode. Uh, new jingle is the name of the jingle. Uh, this week's episode, Final Snyder Cut. Uh, this is also from Nacho. Hello again. Since I sent the fix to the, this week's episode jingle, changing humble abode for little Borg node from time to time, someone argued that a Borg node is the plug on the back of the head and not the alcove. And they are right. I hoped people wouldn't care, but they do. And they even sent alternate lyrics. Uh, but I do have my fixed lyrics. I didn't send them because I didn't want to bore you. See attached version three of this week's episode jingle. It actually now says the correct V5. Technology. Well... That's because after he sent it to me, I said, oh, I I feel like it might make more sense to this, and I caused him even more headaches. So I gave one more thought, and he was he's such a delight. He, uh, wow, you're noting him. He also, he also says, this is my new acoustic guitar, a carbon fiber lava ME2. Cool. I don't know if Matt would approve it. Uh, and he says, lava ME in Spanish means clean me, but it doesn't really get that dirty. <laughs> Carbon fiber guitars are very cool, very light, very durable, and sound pretty great. Let's hear it. We crossed many doors to many places. Your hails made us think of all your faces. So plug TNC in your little Borg node. Let's talk about this week's episode. Wait a second. What was your suggestion? He said, uh,. So here I can. I knew you were gonna. I knew you were gonna critique it. I should have given a. Uh, I should have sent in my uh, sent you. Both you should have things. sent it a separate a hail as a like a pseudonym right. under a pseudonym. You should have read a hail from another person <laughs> next week, and then and then and then given me V five. <laughs> um. Uh, now I have to find it. Anyway, move on to your next thing while I find this. Uh, it to you. <laughs> my next thing is your next thing. Oh, is it my next thing? Oh, yeah. All right, hang on one sec. Uh, all right, this is the downside of not being the. Uh... Uh, 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 I don't know how it got through, you know, because I closed the hailing frequencies. But here we are. So I'm looking for I'm looking for version three or version four. You're looking for V three or V four. I don't okay. know, but I have V5 in my... In I the just drop dropped box. version 3. Okay, so this will probably be the one... Here we go, let's see. 
We've crossed many doors to many places Your hails made us think of all your phases Look comfortably to your little borg node Let's talk about this week's episode Do you hear how much more upbeat he sounds in that one? You think he sounds sadder in mine? I think he's <laughs> like... I've given him a note? Yeah, here's the, here, back to back we crossed many doors to many places Your hails made us think of all your faces So plug TMC in your little board node Let's talk about this week's episode uh, that is, you're just inferring that. He sounds chipper both ways. We've crossed many doors to many places. Your hails made us think of all your phases. Look comfortably to your little board node. Let's talk about this week's episode. The end, he puts a little bit of spin on it, for sure. But, uh, I think they're both great. Uh, so, Nacho, once again. I was. I said, oh, does plug, does plug comfortably make sense? <laughs> and so he changed it to plug TNC. <laughs> plug comfortably does not make a ton of sense. So that was my only note. But uh, but I also I did say to him, but you, this is this is uh, this is your dime. You, you you I will play whatever you want me to play. So I didn't. What? I didn't uh, what are you talking about? I was saying basically, do whatever. Oh. If, you, if you want to change it, send another one. If you don't want to change it, I'll play this Nacho, one. You no let problem. us know which version you like the most, and we will keep that version. Well, he he chose the last one. He chose V five. V five is on the soundboard. V three is not on the soundboard. So thank you, Nacho. All right, Andy. Time to talk about this week's episode. Sure is. Which is called Liaisons, featuring. Some people. Sit. Wow, four people get credit on this one. Directed by Cliff Bowl. Oh, I'll tell you, it aired September 27, 1993. Did uh, Brandon Braga get credit? <laughs> rare, rare not appearance of Brandon Braga. <laughs> <laughs> um, would you like to know what was going on this week? Sure. In Trek history? Yeah. Well, the number one song in the U.S. was Dream Lover by... Oh, wait. I'm in the wrong... Or did are I you? Wrong thing? I think no, you're in the I right did. It's the same thing. Still Dream Lover by Mariah Carey. They started to cross over. The problem is Dream Lover and currently on Voyager, the Voyager episode we're on. Yeah. Uh, she has Fantasy as the number one song. And right that's now, was, Dream Lover is the number one song. Right. What else is going on, Andy? The number one song in the UK was Boom, Shake the Room by DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. I'm sorry we're not playing that one. Number one movie, uh, The Good Son. Number one book, The Bridges Madison County by Robert James Waller. Number one TV show that week, uh, 60 Minutes. Deaths that week, Jimmy Doolittle of the Doolittle Raid. Events that week, Soviet Union implodes after an attempted coup. And the Black Hawk Down incident occurs in Somalia. Wow. That's it for the news? That's it for the news. But not all the news. That's right. Let's see what's going on with the chairman of the Frank Sinatra, come on. It's time for that segment everybody hates. (laughs) Time for Frank Sinatra, come on. That's right, Andy. Time to find out what's going on with the chairman of the board, Frankie, baby. Frank Sinatra, what's going on, Frank Sinatra? 
Well, Frank had just finished up five nights at the Desert Inn and is getting ready to hit the road again. Our broadcast date of September 27th marks the 14-year anniversary of a huge 1979 outdoor charity concert Frank performed for free at the foot of the pyramids in Cairo. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? I mean, I remember seeing footage of that. I don't remember that. He was a special guest of President Sadat and his wife, who had requested the entertainer's fundraising help for her rehabilitation center to treat handicapped Egyptians. Uh, Frank often donated his time to worthy charities. That's so nice. Way to go, Frankie. All right. Gotta find... The volume, so I can fade this out. There it is. So, Andy, it's time to read from uh, Dr. Trek's book, Star Trek The Next Generation Companion, Revised Edition. This is Liaisons, and uh, here we go. This was uh, directed by Cliff Bowl. Teleplay by Gene Carrigan, Fauci, and Lisa Rich. Story by... Any relation? To Dr. Fauci? <laughs> Possibly. Uh, maybe. I think it's two season Dr. Fauci. Uh, <laughs> a story by Roger S. Bacher and Jacques Greenspawn. Greenspawn. That's a lot of crazy names. That is a lot of lengthy name. And uh, one, two, three, four credits on that. And uh, Brandon Braga did a rewrite, too. Here we go. As part of a cultural exchange, Picard greets two... Ayarian ambassadors aboard the ship before departing in their shuttle to meet with their leader. Worf, already uncomfortable in diplomatic settings, is upset to be chosen as host by Byleth, a surly type who comes to blows with the Klingon over poker. In contrast, Troy finds herself escorting a gentle, the gentle Laquell, who is the Andy Secunda of the group. <laughs> uh, <who> Disagree. <laughs> he seems to be gorging Heart himself disagree. on pure sensations of food and drink. How do you disagree no, with that statement? One. No, that is accurate. I thought you were saying I was the other one. I guess the other one is the Matt Myra of the group. <laughs> the one that wants to understand love? Yeah, that's me. Uh, in route to IR, Picard's shuttle crashes on a hostile world, and the uh, Ayarian pilot, Vavai, is knocked out. After stumbling outside and collapsing outdoors, Picard wakes up to find a human woman, Anna, caring for him inside a down freighter. Apparently, a crash survivor for seven years, a moody Anna ruins... The shuttle's comm panel and when sent to retrieve it and then confides that she loves Picard. Initially sympathetic, Picard rails at the woman after he realizes he's not injured badly and that he seeks she seeks to keep him captive. She flees into the murky night just as Voy Vival, very much alive, shows up at the freighter shelter and they set out to look for her. Not until the lovesick Anna appears and threatens to jump off a cliff does Picard discover the truth. Vival took Anna's form to learn about love, a concept alien to the Iarians just as his shipboard cohorts wanted to study pleasure and antagonism what a plot <laughs> it's crazy town <laughs> shall we dive in why not off the top I give it 10 stars 5 Andes for dress oh, uniform action we... oh wait did we already did we do this did we already uh, we must have written it down. No, we didn't. Not for this episode. 
That's a, this, that's okay, a Patreon thing. I'm having oh, do you want to do it for the main thing, or do you want to save it? For well, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're a special advantage in the Patreon. Like to s- Basically, guys, we've been doing a thing, which I think we've done a version of before. Uh, I don't remember. You seem to come upon this as a thing you wanted to do. Do you want to explain it? Uh, well, it's odd because at the top when we do the would you watch this episode, Andy and I had just we were, last two patrons we did we wrote down our scores and then see we went to see how much our discussion and endless breaking down of these things can sway our scores one way or the other. And so far, they've on average taken it down a point and a half to two points. <laughs> It sounds like an accurate read on our podcast. Uh, So, I mean, look, before we start talking about it, I'll write down what I think this episode, this liaisons is. And uh, Andy and I will keep these uh, separate. And then when when we give the Andys uh, at the end, we will show them to each other and you, the audience. And uh, I, I mean, I have a vague memory of what I think of this episode. So I'll write that down. And I'll put that to the side. And we shall continue. Let's see how much Andy and I can lower each other's score. You are procrastinating. <laughs> Klingons do not procrastinate. It is a tactical delay. You have to spend about five minutes greeting the yards when they get here and maybe an hour making small talk at this reception. I'm the one who has to escort them around the ship for the next three days. I do not enjoy these diplomatic situations. It's all part of being in Starfleet. There. I do not see why it is necessary to wear these ridiculous uniforms. Protocol. They look like dresses. That is an incredibly outmoded and sexist attitude. I'm surprised at you. Besides, you look good in a dress. Just a couple of dudes having fun. First off, just a couple of dudes. Uh, how do you feel about the scene? I, I, I love like this scene. I like it quite a bit. <laughs> I think it's. I love how scene. comfortable the actors are with each other. I love how comfortable the writers are writing these characters. Talk. These characters are familiar. They like each other. They're they've been fucking on their ship forever. They know how to jibe with each other, and it's just it's just great. It's like a great sitcom. This scene. Uh, it's um, it's not a great sitcom. Let's. <laughs> all right. Well, that's fair. <laughs> I don't know. I would say. I would say, you know, it's okay. It's not like heavy hitting jokes, but in terms of, of comfort with sure. the characters and and like, you know, um, it being everything being organic and and uh, and just being entertaining to watch the characters like have kind of a bristly dynamic. <laughs> I mean, it's basically it's everything that was the problem at the beginning of the series when Roddenberry was saying they can, they've evolved. They have no personalities at all. It's like how much more personality could both of them have? It's so fun. I, a couple things. I think that I one thing I re- I'll say one thing I really like, which is I really like that uh, Riker is comfortable enough with Worf to go. I fucking hate this too. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Uh, it's. I think maybe that's the reason I like this so much. Is is basically it's the most like you and I bitching about work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then. But the other thing, I think, I feel like Worf and Klingons would would enjoy a dress uniform. I mean, talk about putting on a bunch of unnecessary accoutre, accoutrements 
the Klingons. That's are, true. He's are, got that. He's got the huge thing. He's got well, the, but he he's does, got the ball his only drink. issue is yeah. The, but then, like in the uh, is the dress, yeah. and that of course is insa- insane. That they're like, hey, we want to make a joke about a dress. Nah, it doesn't really make sense. They'd be past it at that point. We'll just have him call it out. But then I'll make a joke about it anyway. It's just like, just ditch the dress joke, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, Klingons are they have they wear very long cloaks. You know, they feel like this. Yeah. I feel like Worf would be into a dress uniform. Uh, I mean, that really, to your point of, like, it's not a great sitcom. They they wanted a blow, which is the last joke in a in a scene, and they were like, we got this dress joke. This dress joke is the one. We can't come up with an alt for this. <laughs> Let's just do this. Uh, and uh, I couldn't come up with an alt either, so whatever. We could. If I think it's so funny that, like, they're in this dress uniform, everybody's in the dress uniform, and then Picard's in his most casual captain uniform. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Well, he's about to get on the on the shuttle. Maybe they didn't want to switch him out. Ah, you're just in time. They're about to disembark. Hey, you got a really good point. It's weird. They're greeting them. Yeah. Um, I wish they did the TOS thing of of uh, having their all their medals on their uniforms, all their awards. Oh yeah. You know. Are they passed it at that point? I'd like They've to see some Christopher Pike Medal of Valors, you know? Yeah. Maybe they're just not in the Patreon. Could be. Ambassador Logan, shame on them. Ambassador Byleth, I'm Captain Picard. Welcome on board the Enterprise. It is our pleasure to be here, Captain. It is an honor to be the site of the first cultural exchange between the ER and people in the Federation. Yes, the next seven days should prove most illuminating. Allow me to introduce Voval. He'll be taking you back to our home world. How'd you do? I'm looking forward very much to meeting with the premier of a yard. Pay no attention to that thing on his chest, which may or may not project other forms of uh, humanoid beings. I mean, uh, <laughs> I must go. Are you? <laughs> do you find him interesting in some way? Do you find, uh, do you feel there's any chemistry? What do you think of his eyes? Um, Beautiful eyes, right? Uh, this is a side note. Is it? Welcome on board the Enterprise or welcome aboard the Enterprise? Could it be either? I feel he like said I feel like he says on board. I feel like it's welcome on board. He does say on board, yeah. but isn't it aboard? Welcome aboard the Enterprise? Or is that a is that a colloquialism? Boy, I'm, uh, I'm gonna go with Patrick Stewart. Uh, what does that limey know? Reception held in your honor when you will meet the rest of my senior staff. I of course shall be on my way to your home world. But I shall be leaving you in the safe hands of my most experienced officers. Lieutenant Worf of the Klingon Empire is my head of security. He will be in charge of your safety while you're on board. Counselor Deanna Troy of the planet Beta Z will be your personal liaison officer, Ambassador Lokwell. Ambassador, it's an honor to meet you. Would you like to see your quarters before we attend the reception? Please. Troy, of course... Never Ambassador seemed to Bilef, figure out with her on. empathic abilities what the guy was up to. Uh, only that he was well, guess, in a way, he was she curious. Yeah, in a way, I think he has the he's the, he, he is very uh, transparent about what he's doing. I guess that's fair. And that's so fair. she's like, "All right, yeah, you want more chocolate? Sure." Uh, <laughs> looks like all right. I just added a point to my score. Looks like uh, a board and <laughs> on board is interchangeable. Uh, we looked it up. There you go. My apologies, Sir Patrick. Uh, 
Yeah, an adverb. Adverbs. The difference between aboard and onboard is the aboard is onboard into or within, <laughs> and into within. While onboard is on or in a vehicle or vessel. Uh, I got news for you, pal. Wait, in the original the script, in the original script, it says, "I'm Captain Picard. Welcome aboard mm-hmm, the Enterprise." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, so he did not respect the text. Patrick was like, mm, I don't like this. I'll say on board. Thank you. <laughs> don't I say so on board? A board sounds odd. He has been assigned to you. I want this one. <laughs> well, Commander Riker is a skilled diplomat with wide experience in interspecies contact. I'm sure. But Worf is just here I'm for sure, a plot convenience because there would really be no reason for him to be here right now. <laughs> because everyone leaves with one person. <laughs> and I want this Lieutenant Worf. Well, that will be uh, just fine. Mr. Worf. <laughs> That's really yes. very good Michael Dorning right there. It's fantastic. Just, he's, just a little shake of the head. Yeah, and he's also like trying <laughs> to speak, but the, he's just right. like, oh, fine. Not allowed to. Captain. He's really good in this episode. He's so good. Yes, Ambassador, it would be my pleasure. Yes, to... yes, enough of that. Show me to my quarters. <laughs> this guy's pretty good. This way. He's really, you really want to punch him right out of the gate. Your tiny bag, yeah. sir. <laughs> I wish that was a transporter buffer and all of his, his entire quarters was in a pattern buffer inside of the... Inside of there, here are all my so things. Here's my his, here's my Shakespeare book. Boom! Just everything. Here's my the furniture's there. Everything's there. Um. Oh, your copy that's of how, uh, that's how it got off. That's how it got down to down to the planet in Picard. Speaking of transporter buffers, carries your copy it, of carries it in a duffel around. bag everywhere he goes. <laughs> I think he, you know, look later on. He takes that uh, holodeck of uh, the chateau. You know, in Picard. Right. It's true. So why not have his ready room? Yeah. I guess that'd be that'd be interesting to have a holodeck room that would just be whatever room you wanted it to be. What's your guess? Four dollars a let's, month, probably. Let's. I don't. I don't know if we want to get into upsetting people with what our ratings of uh, of uh, Picard season one was. But what would you guess? I'm going to guess that it's going to go up in. In, in our rating we didn't rate the whole season but I'm gonna guess it will go up two points minimally what are you talking season. about oh 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 I thought you were talking about like revisiting the first season I'm like no I think it would go down no. if we did it again oh no that will definitely uh, go do I think the second season will be better you know what I mean what I've heard it sounds very interesting yeah I've got some people in the know I've talked to some folks Ooh. Ooh. I know some details that I cannot and share. Are you basing it on the details or their vibe? The details. And yeah. their vibe also. Beyond the Q-tails. Beyond the Q-tails. <laughs> um, Another terrible name for a Q-episode. <laughs> I mean, I love how this ends. People were offering some. This ensign yeah. just rolls up in his regular uniform. Right. Meanwhile, all the senior staff are in their dress uniform. I feel like that's rude. 
Oh, is everyone? Everyone is. I guess they ran out of. I don't know why they put him front and center. They ran out of wardrobe. The background. Um, but Andy, you talked over. I said that your copy of Elite Force arrived at the house. I have it, <gasps> and Excellent. I'm just waiting to see about a PlayStation Two. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you you couldn't find. I don't one? Know, well, I couldn't find one immediately that I was like, oh, this one will be good. And I'm also I want to you I know wanna, I want to plug in my PlayStation 3 and see if it will be backwards compatible, which I think it might be. And if it is, then I'll just give you the PlayStation 3. Oh, I, I thought I had a PlayStation 2, but I think my prior one was a PlayStation 3. Um, but I think my ex has it. I could probably rustle it up if you need it. What, the PlayStation 3? Yeah. Oh, no. If I, if I, I'll play. try it on mine. And if it works, then great. Then I'll just drop off okay. both and then expect you to play it through entirely and give us a full of review. Course. Of course. Of <laughs> course. So first thing tomorrow, I thought I'd take you on a tour of the operational centers and residential decks of the ship. And then we could spend some time discussing the cultural underpinnings of your society. Are you going to eat? Excuse me? You have no food on your plate. Are you going to eat? Oh, um, actually, I was waiting until we got to the desserts. Desserts? What is this? Oh, uh, it's something we eat after the main course. It's usually very sweet. Guys. It's usually very bad for you. Um, we eat it purely for pleasure. If you ask me, it's the best part of any meal. My people eat only for nourishment. Oh, well, um, let me introduce you to We also touch everything with our hands. Favorites. Hey, look, they, they got, they, everyone's vaccinated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Clearly no COVID in the future. This is peach cobbler. With whipped cream. I'm so pecan pie. Exactly. I'm so surprised because Braga's did a rewrite of this if there's not pecan pie. And this. Well, you got to remember this is long before Enterprise and uh, and Voyager when he discovered pecan pie technology. Oh, so So you think he still? You think he had not had like you think it happened like in the commissary after season seven of the of of uh, TNG? He was in the commissary at Paramount and decided to try the pecan pie. And that was like what can only imagine. It is they were so obsessed with it in Enterprise and Voyager that at some point he was like, "Oh my god!" Chocolate puff. I don't know exactly what's inside, but I think it's made with seventeen varieties of chocolate. That is. That is. Delicious. Delicious. Ambassador. I think we're going to get along very well, shall we? See, because he's not—he he in no way is deceiving her. No, you're right. He's correct. Like, you're, you're right. I'm—I was wrong to hold. Her powers are consistent. Deanna, there it is—the Andy Secunda of the Ambassadors. <laughs> that really this is, is unacceptable. There's no question. I am sorry you do not care for Bring our. Bring me new food. I require a higher protein and enzymatic content. Ambassador, yes. it's the custom <laughs> in a situation like this for us to serve ourselves. It's called a buffet. Bring and me people... new food. Ambassador. Doctor, it is all right. I am happy to bring more food. He's <laughs> almost cross-eyed. <laughs> So is he, uh, is the Worf character, is just sort of the idea of like, it's honorable to try to do a good job being a diplomat, and that's why he's sucking it up? 
Yeah, he's doing his duty. Yeah. Um, when he's really cutting that meat. Your diplomatic assignment progressing. Fine. I have heard that in moments of diplomatic tension, it is often helpful to find elements of commonality. Master Byleth is demanding, temperamental, and rude. You share all of those qualities in abundance. <laughs> Perhaps you should try to build on your similarities. <laughs> it's a pretty good, it's a pretty good Spiner moment. If you're going to throw in one. Right, that he's holding the knife. Murder! That's what I'll do. Is there any place in particular that you would recommend I visit while I'm there? No. Well, I, um... What's our ETA? 17 hours, 32 minutes. <laughs> I think I'll go update my itinerary. So, fuck it. That is, it's a lot of, this is what I'm saying. That is, I mean, you know, obviously it's in the, it's in, uh, Sir Patrick's ability as a, as an actor, that look, it's not in the lines, but it's a well set up moment. It's a well set up written moment for him to be like, oh, Jesus Christ. Do you think that, uh, <laughs> this fucking thing for 17 hours. Do you think that Vival <laughs> is, uh, is annoyed that this is the assignment he, he draw, like, he's like, you didn't get to. I have to go down to this shitty planet and pretend to be dead, and you get to have chocolate and annoy a Klingon. That's a good. I'm question. trying to figure out, like, or if he's like, is are these he so crafty that he's like, I got to make a real distinction between our personalities, so I'll be kind of cold and and uh, I guess and I irritated. wonder if he falls in love with Picard during this. <laughs> it's just his natural reaction. Yeah, but he actually. Well, that's was oh, wow. that was kind of his goal, wasn't it? Or was it just to study Picard falling in love? It was just, just I think, just study love in general, right? By recreating what had happened. By the way, all of these aliens seem way too personable and able to interact with humans to have no understanding of emotions yeah I'd agree with that um, here we are on a, on, a, on, a, on a planet that looks like a set <laughs> <laughs> and now we're in engineering this is 12 decks of the secondary hall deck 42 contains the antimatter storage facility deck what 36 is the mass flow rate of the antimatter replenishment stream to the containment pods Excuse the antimatter replenishment rate, what is it? I am not certain. Uh, perhaps the there's somebody here who there was... does know the answer. You! So, like, if his intent this whole time was to provoke Worf, he's putting on a great show and seems to have a good handle on how to do it <laughs> for someone who's. The whole the whole premise is that they don't understand antagonism. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Why is he so good at antagonizing? Because of you know personality trait wise, I mean, who has it? Who who who? Do we see any of their actual personalities? Mm, I guess we see the the Andy guy. 
<laughs> we see his personality. He seems to be straight ahead, just like it came on to eat. He's eaten. I, although they really do a dance around, like it turning into a sex thing. You know, obviously not even necessarily with uh, with Troy, but just in general, like the he's like he's food. there for pleasure. Feels like they should have narrowed the field of what his. Uh, no, it feels like they don't even go into any other kind of pleasures. It's he's just there food, to isn't experience it? pleasure, and you know, did they do five minutes? Does he take a bath? Or five minutes like into it, she shows yeah. him chocolate. You just and then he's like, "Oh, I get it. All right, <laughs> I guess I got to respect." And then why that. <laughs> would he ex- try to experience anything else? He's like, "I figured it out. Okay, yes, me. I did. I, I have definitely. I completed my assignment yeah. first. I have definitely put many dates in jeopardy myself, knowing, like, uh, if I eat like this, I'm not going to do that well on this date, but I'm going to eat like this anyway. <laughs> I mean, the most dandy thing is that taking up the tray of the variety of desserts. Like, that's yeah, exactly. you, you got to try everything. I do. You're a good ambassador. Are you smarter than this one? <laughs> <clears throat> Why do you ask? Never mind. I wish to see the Moussard collectors. Take me to them. This way. They're outside the ship, ding dong. <laughs> <laughs> is that true? Yeah, they're the red part of the nacelles. <laughs> so where is he, what is he I taking mean, you can go see? into the nacelles, I guess. Oh, I always wondered what was inside those. It's not filled with, like, no. warp shit? You'll see it later. You'll see it uh, later in the season. You'll see the inside of those. Does it look red? No. Not no. from the inside. And astrophysics. We have over a thousand people. Are you sure on you don't want some of this this papala juice? No, thank you. I'm still recovering from all those desserts last night. Are you sure? It is very delicious. I'm sure. Made up word word we know. Please, you've you've been so kind. Please. <sighs> See. She's already taken his fork, or maybe that's later. Yum. That was her. No, but she gave him his her fork. Eight, which is really oh, that was it. This is a crazy Sometimes scene. Sometimes when we need <laughs> an extra lab or. Ambassador. What is this child? Did she sense? I that must his have one. Were gone? What is this? It's a child. Child. Children are our offspring. <laughs> the kids doing a great job young. too. They grow into the kid is doing a good job. Of many years, they grow into beings like us. Offspring. Ambassador, I'm curious. How does your species procreate? Postcellular compounding. <laughs> kid is fantastic. We emerge from the natal pod, fully grown. I see. Do you have a name? Eric. Eric. My name is Do Fuck You. Like dessert. May I give Eric some dessert? That sounds like a wonderful idea. It's like on, Eric. Eric's mom did not get the under five. She's got the featured extra nod. I mean, she's not even got a rank. She's a crewman. Ugh. Yeah. Eric's mom got the shaft in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Who are you? Shh. 
No, wait! Stop. There was someone else on the shuttlecraft with me. The pilot, he's injured. He needs your help. I'm the pilot. Oh, he's dead. <laughs> uh, guys, we got to reset the whole experiment. He died. Let's, uh, but I can't say he's dead until this Zoom finishes. <laughs> real, real lengthy. He's injured. He needs your help. That's a push. He's dead. <laughs> Is that, it, it, could be a, it could be a Zoom. No, it's a push. I've decided. You know? I, it could be absolutely could be a zoom. You're correct, <laughs> but yeah, I've decided it's a it zoom. was a push. I say it's a zoom mostly because it's kind of shaky, like they were trying to. No, but I was thinking that's from them pushing. Right. I, I, Either way, we're saying I feel like Cliff Bowl was jobs. like, "I'm not. Don't lay down track. We'll just push." That's what I would think. Um. Side note. Yes. Uh. I think the effects definitely in this episode are pretty fantastic in what sense and i i so far have been i don't know every time i was noticing like stuff with the shuttle or shots of the ship it just felt like and maybe it's just that the season since it's the last season they contrary to enterprise got uh got more money in the last season because it just seems real slick uh i mean they, look they're just i guess yeah maybe they had a bigger budget for models and stuff but yeah i like it um and uh the ta- the freighter exterior scene was a 6 by 16 tabletop model with a crash skid furrows and forced perspective mountains only 5 feet away. There you go. <laughs> um one other thing uh Picard doesn't take his jacket that you love so well. Um well, he left he leaves it he, the shuttle. he left it for to keep prop the head up of of a vault. Oh, he does. Okay, that's the reason. Yeah, because I was like, he's being a good is it not a cold environment? And then later they make a big deal about what a cold environment yeah, it is. Yeah, well, look, he sacrificed his comfort for the life of Vival. Nothing else in the shuttle that could serve as a pillow. Hey, he doesn't know that shuttle. It's not his shuttle. All right, smells good. Thank you. Vival is his name. Yep. I guess Vival brought food down for this whole thing. Maybe he built a little set. Yeah, I think that's. I think. Well, isn't it like this is the actual? Vival must have been planning this for a while. His little, his big romantic moment with Picard. This is the crash site, right? They're just using it. Like this, this is the real, actual crash freighter, right? The crash freighter. That's the shuttle. You mean? No, this freighter is the actual one. That they found. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Right. That's true. I guess they didn't do the set. Well, they must have dressed it up if it was sitting there that long. Who knows? Who knows what that environment does? <laughs> I mean, they must have, there must have been a lot of production designers. There had to be catering. There's like a food designer. I wonder like, what there's the, a lot. It's a huge crew. What the ambassador It'd be great if like, like 19 people came out at the end. <laughs> we were all I, building this illusion. I was the pillow you laid on. <laughs> I was the cup you drank from. <laughs> I'm the Force Perspective Mountains. <laughs> yes, there were no mountains there. <laughs> well, there were. We were just smaller than you thought. You one of the crew? No. I was a passenger. We crashed. How many people survived? 
You're the only one. But you're certainly not a Turalian. Unless you've lost two of your arms. She started crying. Why did you bring it up? It was traumatic. I did lose two of my <laughs> arms in the crash. <laughs> What's your name? Oh. I I didn't notice that. So she is she wearing the same necklace that, that Vival is wearing? Yes, that's the thing. Oh my goodness, that's so dumb of me. Does he and does he point it out at the end? No. He touch that's what he touches to do the thing. And I didn't I didn't notice until we were rewatching it here. Is that when he puts it together? Because she does leave it there, but I think that was a different um, issue, wasn't it? I don't I think so. That's a terrible No, wait, isn't it like a, a device, right? I think it looks different. I don't know. We'll find out. We'll remember later okay. when we see it. All right. <laughs> we'll remember when they show us. What was the date when you crashed? Star date 40812. Seven years. I still had the stargazer. Yes. Anna. <laughs> Anna, wait a minute. Do you want me to talk about it? Uh, it's, I mean, if you really think about it now, like, Vival really is putting on quite a show here. This is what I'm saying. Like, for people that don't understand emotion, these guys are crushing Maybe, it. Maybe, like, Vival is is the Aelian's, um, it's, he's their Patrick Stewart, you know? Daniel Day-Lewis. Their finest, oh, yes, their Daniel Day-Lewis, if you will, a method actor. Yeah. Maybe they have a rich theatrical scene. <laughs> Yeah, maybe this is this is maybe this is all they do. This is art to them. <laughs> they go and do weird mind fucks with other races <laughs> just to learn. To myself, <laughs> but then I thought that it it might mean I was crazy. So I it's really I this is talking. bullshit. There's no way these fucking this guy who doesn't know what a child is and is touching him and is being all weird. Be a while that, you that's can the walk. same race. That like has the subtlety that this perhaps you could go that Vival is, is putting on here. Back here. I can do that. Good. Go into the cockpit. Look for a small compound in the instrument array. See if you can remove it. Bring it back here. Don't move. I'll be back. I wonder why it was important to keep him locked in there. Why it was important? I don't know that it yeah, was Yeah, why didn't important. he just let him roam the planet and, and go wherever he Look, goes? Look, I think that's just Vival's thing, man. He wants yeah. to keep it contained. Yeah. Want, you know, if it's a stage. I just think it's more romantic. He doesn't want him going there. backstage for his performance. <laughs> right. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> it's like going underground at Disneyland. Or Disney World. Do they have an underground have at Disneyland? Failed. They don't the utilidors are in disney world gotcha in my mission commander i am clearly a bad diplomat for the sake of the ship and the federation i request reassignment <laughs> the ship and the federation it's <laughs> <laughs> really great commander, these yarns are arrogant irritating they cannot be reasoned with Ambassador Lockwell's quite pleasant. I will admit, though, he's a little unusual. 
What have you been able to find he out? He touched about a child. Well, it he was seems odd. preoccupied with recreation. I spent more time in Ten Forward in the last two days than I have in the past two months. And he's obsessed with food, especially chocolate. You must be in heaven. To be honest, he's testing even my limits. You see? You see? They are insane! Dwarf, <laughs> you've been very patient with Ambassador Byleth, and that's good. But maybe it's time to let him know that some behavior is unacceptable to us. I think it's all right to suggest limits for the ambassador. Ah. Perhaps we should loosen things up a little bit. Meet in a less official capacity. How about a friendly game of poker? Yes, I, I will bankrupt you... him. This will do well. <laughs> I apologize if you don't remember. What is the reason they're there in the first place? Who are there? The the these these aliens. It's a, cult, it's like, a cultural it's, exchange. Picard's going to meet their leader, exchange. and they're there right. to you know learn about the Enterprise. Right. Door locked from the outside. For your protection. From what? There are dangerous animals here. Come sit down. From having the entertainment room. Look, I have the comp panel. Good. It wasn't easy. I had to force it out of the equipment bay. If we can boost the out... Uh, the output field, I might be able to... send a distress signal. Something seems to be wrong with it. What's the matter? Well, this... transmitter module has been totally destroyed. How could that happen? Looks as though it's been hit well, by you know, a phaser things blast. happen. I used a phaser to cut it free. Maybe I accidentally damaged it. Well, you can fix it, can't you? No. I set it to one below vaporize. I thought that would be enough. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I like that it's... He's mostly looking like he quest, he's questioning whether something's up, but there's also an element of old school Picard, like first season Picard just being like, you're an idiot. <laughs> you blew this entirely. Now we're going to have to live here forever. We will get out of here. It's not going to be easy, but we must work together. I can't believe I did that. That I damaged our only chance. I've waited for so long. At first, I had hoped that I would be rescued. I kept setting up microfusion flares and looking up at the sky and waiting for someone to come and take me away. But it never happened. There's a, a precipice near here. I used to go there and I'd stare down at the gorge and I'd think, I can just step over the edge and end it all. <laughs> He's really, Baval's really pulling from the depths of the uh, log. <laughs> I think he jumped to that a little too quickly. Oh, I don't I ever want to be alone again. I 
This is kind of fantastic. Uh, in what sense? In retrospect. The, I mean, based on all the other weird... Like, even at the top of the show, they have that dress joke. It's like, they, they're clearly the people that, you know, uh, Berman and everything. They're problematic men of the era. Uh, and here it's essentially... Uh, a guy p- pretending to be a woman. There's a there's a there's a physical interaction. There's a romance, uh, and it's never addressed. Picard has nothing other than I just wish he'd been honest. Like it's it's very uh, oddly progressive. I think hmm. the fact that there's not even a joke played on it for the time. Yeah, uh, that he was actually a, a a guy the whole time. Yeah, but I mean, who knows if that species even has gender? We don't see a female. Sure, for sure. I guess I'm saying from the from the the male, you know, dominated writing perspective. Um, certainly from a from a story standpoint, it's a hundred percent appropriate. That nobody would it would bump anybody. I think the only thing that bumps anybody in this episode is how boring this part of the story is. <laughs> You're saying the audience. I'm saying the characters. No, no. I think that uh, Picard is bored. <laughs> think out of Picard his mind. is just like, oh yeah, Jesus. <laughs> there is a series of scenes where he's bored. sort of stopped Everyone's from bored. getting anywhere. No, no it's all right. Uh, the energy relays are corroded, but I think it should be able to hold one more charge. If I can regenerate this, then I may be able to reactivate the shuttlecraft's engines. Oh, I'd say this is cause for celebration. I may still have some Trellian spices around here, and I'll boil up these roots and make us a nice broth. Ah, that sounds delightful. Mm -hmm. If we ever do get out of here, will you promise to show me this starship of yours? This... Enterprise? Of course. Vival's also real good Anna, at flirting. Would you pass me that tricorder? Maybe Vival really wanted to see the Enterprise and was annoyed that he had to take the mission that left the ship. <laughs> <laughs> I think that you are a very warm and compassionate woman. And I feel a great sympathy for what you've been through alone here on this planet. But I don't think that you can really be in love with me. How can you say that? Of course I love you. No. The first person you've seen in seven years. I'm bringing you the hope of leaving this place. Don't you think that you could possibly be just a little confused right now? This is his first misstep, Vival. What? Vival's first misstep? Yeah. No. He goes to love too fast. He did it it earlier, right? Like way earlier. Did he? He says I love you before this. Oh, yeah. Um, let me ask you this. Yes, I, I seen, do love Picard also. And if you were there, how fast would you have said I love you? If I was stuck on this planet with no <laughs> yeah. hope of getting out? Probably like uh, six to seven minutes later than she does. <laughs> um, the thing I was going to say is how would you, from a writing perspective, there have been so many over the over the the spectrum of all the star trek shows mm-hmm. you know TOS enterprise there's always like 
I'm on this planet with this, you know, usually usually woman, but sometimes guy. And it's just me and that person and, you know, there's suddenly a connection mm-hmm. and they're alone and, you know, and it's a real romantic connection. How do you feel like that would have would that have maybe played more interesting if he actually had feelings for her and she wasn't acting quite as kooky? I think and it'd be it, like, a hard buy for Picard. Would it seem too cruel for Picard? For, I think if you replace Picard with Riker, it's an easier buy. Huh. I think just characterization-wise, I think having Picard on the... I think this would have been a more interesting B story with it being Riker. Right. Um, but... That said, I think also this, you, the Riker is so perfectly slotted into the B story that I wouldn't have. I feel I like have you could have done out. that. You could have done the Riker stuff with uh, Jordy. No, you needed you, you needed had... him to. You needed the authority figure there. Would just have Picard do that? Yeah, but Picard's not going to be like, I know, Mister Worf, I hate this too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, you lose yeah, all you those had to lose. Yeah, you would have had to change that make scene. The, make it you could have had him, I guess. That's certainly, I love that scene. And Worf is not going to... But I don't know if Worf I would have protected... Worf is not going to pace around the conference room telling Picard that he wants to rip out that guy's esophagus. Yeah, that's fair. I think there's a lot of it that hinges on the friendship of of Troy, Worf, and, and Riker. Look, that's the plot that I definitely enjoy more. However... You could argue that the real central plot, the A plot, is Picard on the planet. I agree. And and that's the one with the emotional arc, and therefore it's the one that's more important to protect. Mm. So I mean it's still Yeah, works, but I don't know but... if it's even I don't know if it's interesting even with Riker. It might be a little better, but I don't know if it's interesting. I don't find this story, this aspect of the story interesting. But I mean this is sort of my point is that I think part of the reason that it's not interesting is that you you kind of know something is up and then at the end they reveal what's up and it's interesting what they reveal that mm-hmm. that there was this just alien faking the whole time however because we were never invested in it it's not like we're that thrown we're sort of the whole time just like what's going on with this lady and then at the end it's like no that's what's going on with this lady whereas if it's He's really kind of fallen in love with her, as he has d- done before, by the way. Um, uh, when? Well, he definitely did. And um, I mean, granted, that was over the course of a lifetime, but uh, <laughs> in her life was was in her life a good fifty years, yeah. But also with Vash and um, uh, yeah, but that's that's it's an absurd episode, but still. Um, is that someone else? Wasn't there someone else? I mean, in 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 lessons, he had that relationship with the piano playing commander, whose name I can't remember. Yes, although she was that was a more logical situation. I wasn't down on the planet being weird. Um, <laughs> I know that was a great I character. I can't believe I they... understand your qualifications now. It has to be down on the planet <laughs> getting weird. Um, that is generally always what it is. I think it's a little premature. So <laughs> he's someone being a little bit weird. We hardly know anything about each other. They feel like they have to take take care of them. I understand, and I'm 
Sorry if I made you uncomfortable. Ah. So Canadian. No harm done. Is she Canadian? She said sorry. It's going to take at least a couple of hours to... She's got to be Canadian. Let's look it up. Get her out of the country. Are her papers in order? <laughs> uh, I'm going to look it up now. All right. Was there no... Uh, was there no... Uh, second claim to fame? Um, I think I poked around with the... Uh, with the aliens, but there was nothing of note. You mean for this lady? Yeah. No. Um, let's see. Ten forward. Da, 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 da. I can't. Where's her name? Anna. Okay. Although the guy who plays Vival has been in. He was. He's in Enterprise a couple of times, several times. Wow, he's in everything. He's in DS9. He's in Voyager. Barbara Williams, born October 19th, Vancouver, British Columbia. Good call. I sussed it out. Your Canadianism. (laughs) You can't get one by him. (laughs) Then as soon as it's done, we should get it over to the shuttlecraft immediately. This cell casing is already beginning to break down. Anna... We are going to get out of here. Bed is 10. That's to you, Ambassador. I will see the bed and uh, raise 10. I'm in for 20. Love that he's eating. Look at reordering his cards. I'm in. And I raise 20. <laughs> now that I've put you, my straight uh, in the order. <laughs> bluffing. Oh, I do have a straight. Excuse me, Ambassador. Those are my chips. Uh, You are in error. Those chips are mine. I saw you take two chips from my pile. You would dare to accuse me of stealing? Yes. You are lying because you are losing the game. I am losing because you have been cheating (laughs) all along. Wait a minute. The guy's watching like he's eating popcorn. (laughs) Even if I were cheating, how would a plodding animal like you know it? You are an insulting, pompous fool. And if you were not an ambassador, I would disembowel you right here. <laughs> let my title disembowel you. you. Cling on. <laughs> Love it. Ah! Broke his neck and murdered. <laughs> well, the experiment was a success. Yes. Good. I like how Riker did did not stand up until <laughs> the kick to the chest. Yeah. Well, this this will this will simmer down in a second. We're just boys being boys. <laughs> <laughs> Stop, Mr. Ward. That is an order. <sighs> Wonderful. 
Very good. Thank you, Lieutenant Worf. I think I understand now that was a very effective demonstration. What? If you'll excuse me, I would like to document this experience. <laughs> Meanwhile, the, the Andy, Andy of the, the group. <laughs> He's so happy. He's as happy as I would be. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what to say about that scene. Uh, if I had a replicator, I'd be dead in a year. Well, I th again, we've talked about this. Uh, although yeah, although, although she good, does so. say it's bad for you. Yeah. So I don't know. What does that mean, Andy? Does that mean yeah. that it is actually bad for you? Uh, probably in bulk it is. Anything is. <laughs> I think anything is. We're yeah. still human beings. Anything in bulk, I suppose. You're right. You're right. Except for uh, oh, paper it, towels. It, it's all vegan, though, right? It's all. Yeah, it's all processed. Is it sugar matter. free? I don't know. Yeah. A few hours. I told you, this cell is already beginning to degenerate. Jean Luc, it's a difficult journey. The restriction field will make it very hard for you to walk. I'm feeling very much better. I've decided Fact. just now. I don't intend to go on using this any longer. No! You can't remove it yet. No! There's no pain. All this has done is speed up my beard growth. It would appear I don't have any broken ribs after all. <laughs> Jean-Luc. What's going on? Are you trying to keep me here? Please. I love you. <laughs> Are you keeping me locked in this freighter? You say that there are wild animals out there, but I haven't heard or seen a single one of them. Jean-Luc! What about the comp panel? You said you damaged it when you were cutting it out of the shuttle, did you? You see, I find it hard to believe that you would destroy the one piece of equipment that could get you out of here after seven years. And what was this really for? Hmm? To keep me immobilized. I was afraid. I didn't want you to leave me. So it was necessary to keep me captive. I was scared. I wanted you to stay, to, to love me. I'm gonna go look for the shuttle myself. No! Anna! Don't fight me! Anna, no! You should love me now! We're together. We depend on each other. Of <laughs> all, like, this is like his final mission. Like, he really has to pass this mission test. Like, yeah, like why is he taking this? I think so, that it, it operates. You don't get paid unless your mission is I a success. Have to, <laughs> I have to figure out what love is, or they'll kill me and my family. <laughs> Well, you also got to remember, this guy must have been, they must have been prepping this fucking con for years, so it would be pretty intense if it was going awry. Anna! Anna, where are you going? I go to the jumping off the cliff gambit that I set up earlier. That's going to work. <laughs> remember I told you about the cliff, right? Bye! <laughs> I'm gonna go to the cliff that's 400 yard kilometers south of here. 
Due south, away from the mountains. Come inside. <laughs> I'm the mountain. What would he do if he, if whatever opened the door was like one of the giant animals she was afraid of? <laughs> that is understandable. When my species is injured, our metabolic rate slows until our body can heal itself. This state could easily be mistaken for death. I see. When you did not return to the shuttle, I intended to track you. Surface conditions made it very difficult. I love you. I mean, ah, uh, shit. Um, <laughs> Forgot which character I was. I saw someone running away from here. Was it the woman? Yes. Why did she leave the shelter? She's very beautiful, she don't you upset. think? <laughs> what do you think of her eyes? Right? She has a charm about her. <laughs> do you think she may harm herself? She's Canadian, you know. <laughs> There's a dangerous precipice near here. She was headed in that You can direction. hear it in the story. It's possible. Then we should go find her. You stay here. Keep warm. I'll go and look for her. We will go together. We must go together. Otherwise, I will not pass the test. Anna. Why does he want to go together? He has to be there to become her again. <laughs> Why doesn't he just rush rush around? Anna. Stay away from me. Hey, maybe he didn't want to run. <laughs> He's like... Uh, He's got to break go away together. from Picard anyway, though. Well, he does right there. You see, oh, they they split. Uh, he literally, yeah. he just walks over to where she's standing. <laughs> he, he turns around and then she's there, exactly where he walked to. <laughs> Stay away from me. <laughs> Getting his wig on. You don't have to do this. I found Voval, the shuttle pilot. He's still alive. He can help us get away do from here. Do you think Voval's handsome? <laughs> I don't care. But what do you think of Voval, though, right? He's good, right? He's a great pilot. <laughs> I found him a little dull. What? <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> You're dull. You're the most dull. I apologize. Unless you promise to love me. No, I won't promise. You have been manipulating me, haven't you? Jean-Luc, what are you saying? The necklace. It broke. I saw it in the cargo freighter on the floor by the fire. I left it there. Now it's around your neck. It's whole. How? Tell me you love me. I must know. Where's Vauvel? Isn't it convenient that he arrived moments after you left? That he insisted that I come here to look for you? That I find you here on the ledge, ready to jump? It's like That's how Clark Kent and Superman are never Exactly, literally coming out of my mouth as you were saying, speaking. <laughs> He's the only one who could have brought you the necklace. It'd be great if this whole episode was just the ball and glasses. I love you. We did much research into Earth uh, disguises, and this seemed to be the most prevalent. It's a long way down. Must be 200 meters. You'd die instantly if that's what you want. But I don't think that it really is. 
I have failed. Failed? <laughs> For Val, what is going on? My name is Ambassador Boval. Ambassador? My mission was to study human intimacy, specifically the concept you call love. In our study of your culture, we did not understand certain concepts. So we sent three representatives to study them, to experience them. But why did you believe that bringing me here would give you a better understanding of love? Several years ago, we discovered the remains of the Torellian freighter on this planet. The ship contained logs written by a single survivor, a human woman. That was our first contact with the human culture. The woman lived alone here for seven years until another human crashed on this planet, a human male. And the man was injured. She nursed him back to health and they fell in love. In the log, she described many concepts we found difficult to understand. Pleasure, antagonism, love. And suicide. These were alien to us. <laughs> we wished to experience them for ourselves. Ambassador Loquel was sent to experience pleasure. Byleth was sent to experience antagonism. And I was sent to experience love. Was this wrong? Let me just say that we would not take such a direct approach. Ambassador, I have to tell you that in my culture, what you have done would be considered a crime. Crime? Well... What is a crime? We'll talk about it later. For now, I think we should get off this planet. Am I right in assuming that the damage to the shuttle is not as bad as it seems? That is correct. We can leave at any time. I think that now... Then let's spend the weekend. <laughs> quite nice. We're already here. You look a little sore. Lieutenant Worf was kind enough to engage me in 11 hours of holodeck battle exercises. 11 hours? Yes, I learned a great deal about the concept of antagonism. <laughs> I'm just laughing at Michael Dorn's face when Riker hits him on the back. It's very funny. You look a little sore. Lieutenant Worf was kind enough to engage me in 11 hours of holodeck battle exercises. 11 hours? Yes, I learned a great deal about the concept of antagonism. It was excruciating. Counselor, <laughs> these are bioenzymatic supplements my people consume for food. I'm afraid you'll find they are not as delicious as your chocolate. After the past few days, I could use something a little bland. <gasps> Goodbye, Ambassador. Fascinating species. Thank you, Captain. This has been an enlightening experience. For me as well, Ambassador. I am sorry if our diplomatic methods offended you. No, on the contrary, I found your approach intriguing. We humans tend to take a rather balanced approach towards life. Never too much, never too little. And it's very nice to find a culture that is willing to take an experience to its furthest extreme. Goodbye, Captain. Ambassador.
my my office in my duffel bag. Um, here's an interesting thing that's in um, Memory Alpha, apropos of our, our regarding our conversation. Mm-hmm. Brandon Braga was assigned to give an uncredited rewrite to the script. Uncredited. Uh, ironic. Uh, <laughs> he would, he would he change that when he ran Enterprise. <laughs> which he completed in eight days. Uh, he remembered, I was not a fan of this story. Lisa and Jean's, uh, or Jean's first, this must be Jean, uh, first draft had some nice things in it, but the relationship wasn't working between Picard and the woman. The woman was a Starfleet woman who was very together and they had a very normal relationship and really did kind of start to be interested in each other. When it turns out that she's actually an alien trying to figure out what love's all about I, I had asked the question well she did such a good job emulating the human female falling in love why would they need to learn anything uh, what I did was make it a darker story and made the relationship much more sinister and disturbing Braga likened his version to to uh, Fatal Attraction nailed it so it's um, as with a lot of the things that I'm sure I uh, you know, I guess both of us critique them on a lot of the things. You know, some of the things are probably things that that they either were overlooked or things that became clear later or things that they never saw. But a lot of the things, most of the things that, as a fan watching the show, you would go, "Well, why didn't they just do this?" There's some logic or reason that they went through because they've already thought about it like nine times more than we have. And this is an interesting case where he actually had already gone through the suggestion that I had and thought it didn't work. Um, although, who knows if he was right? Uh, who knows? I don't. I don't know. Do you know? Well, they could have had it that they fell in love and that, he, and that the alien was just more successful. And he's like, I figured it out. And then Picard's like, but you made me fall in love with you. This is really mean. And he's like, oh, yeah. That could have been the end. I think they both should have jumped. <laughs> been an abrupt last episode. Uh, here we go. Well, it's the NBC, yeah, the NBC. Only Matt and Andy know who it's gonna be. Will it be Data? Riker, Troy, or Dr. Crusher, if you don't like who they pick, just remember that this podcast is free. Well, hard to say. Everyone really does a great job doing what they're doing. Yeah. I think the MVC is Troy for uh, quickly and effectively... Helping the ambassador understand what he came to understand. Is it Vival? Vival's not in the crew. <laughs> um, ship's never in danger. Ship's never in danger. The mission, Nobody, the mission is really to be a good diplomat. And uh, I feel like number one diplomat here was Troy. However, wouldn't you say that Worf had the more difficult task and that he had the bigger thing to overcome? Troy doesn't really have to overcome anything. Worf has to overcome his own desire to snap this guy's neck and be a good diplomat, and he does it. I can, I'm going to give it to Worf. Hard to say. That's a split vote. I'm going Troy. Okay. Uh, How many Andy's does this episode get? 
Uh, who, what do you want? Do you want to start? I'll start. Whoever starts. Um, Let's start with what we wrote down <laughs> first. So I, I wrote down six. You wrote down wrote five. five. Okay. Yeah. Andy, where did you come to? Well, it's a tough episode. I love all the 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 Riker Wharf stuff. I love the Wharf stuff. I love the Wharf stuff on his own. I love the guy who's never stops eating. I like the idea. Uh, and I sort of was interested in the mystery, but the mystery kind of it just sort of is undermines itself. I don't know. It just doesn't seem to really satisfactorily come to a conclusion. And also, we've seen a lot of like I don't understand love, and I don't know. It just doesn't. It doesn't culminate. Uh, so my question was, did it pull me up to a 5.5 or a 6? Because I love the the uh, the Wharf stuff so much. And I think it pulled me up to a 5.5. Uh, I, I stayed the same. I had a lot of the same problems with it. And my problems mainly are just with the Picard story. I find it to be a little dull. But the other stuff I find entertaining enough to make it a little above an average episode. Right. So 6 and a 5.5. We just keep agreeing on things. It's wild. Andy, let's take a look at the trailer <laughs> for Interface. Next episode of TNG. Here it is. On a fatal mission, Jordy's mother disappears. There's a possibility that she is alive, and I'm not going to quit. And now, a revolutionary experiment is the key to bringing her back. Mom? Mom, is it you? But in order to save her life... His neural synapses are overloading. He can't survive this. He must sacrifice his own... Danny, Jordy, you're going to kill yourself. Next time on Star Trek The Next Generation. Interface. It's very melodramatic. Well, look, I think this is uh, this is the time to have melodrama, you know? Season it's 7. It's Interface week. It's melodrama week. <laughs> um Okay. I mean, I think this was probably our best episode. I mean, there's no question. Did, Whatever the last episode was is always our best episode. Interesting. I'm looking at this and I'm like seeing a lot of spaces where there's nothing playing. Uh-oh. No, I just wonder if that's just you talking. Hang on. Well, I'll, I'll test it right now. There's a lot of long spaces. Andy needs a sandwich We're fine. And a pizza okay. and some ice cream and some donuts. And a good pizza to cover up the bad pizza. And some tacos. And a burger. And some french fries. And a milkshake. And some cookies. And some onion rings. And Matt needs a pizza too. I mean, an appropriate send off for this episode. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. You know, we got to do the names. Uh, we, I got to go. I can't do them right now. We'll do them tonight. We'll start with that at 730. Okay. All right. Then I won't be missed out. We'll be right back. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Andy, let's uh, do our duty and try to learn about love by loving the President Circle members. Here we go. (laughs) 
All right, we're in the president's circle. I don't know what's happening in here. Sounds like the hollow DJ is asleep. What a jerk. Let's go to Tomorrowland. What do you think about that, Andy? That sounds delightful. Tomorrowland. I can't wait to get back to Disney. I still never saw Star Wars Land. Uh, You'll get there and be underwhelmed. Uh, Oh, I don't say that. This is the Tomorrowland aerial music loop. Love it. Uh, I don't know if you've sent me the thing, Tomorrowland. It's in the Dropbox. Oh, it's in the Dropbox. That's how we communicate files. Because we're in Tomorrowland. (laughs) Is the Dropbox the future? (laughs) That's sad. I love it in here. Wow, it really is. The second it's to last really comment. Spacey. The second to last comment on uh, on this uh, YouTube video of um, Tomorrowland area music is Haley. Six years ago, said, "I just got hired to work at Tomorrowland at Disney World. Listening to this to get pumped up." To which I say, <laughs> "Haley, are you still there? And are you still pumped up?" Good for her. I like um, I like a, I like a little uh, genuine uh, delight. I mean, you would hope most of them had that. They would go insane if they didn't have a little bit of that, right? Yeah, I think so. I certainly would. But I love Tomorrowland, Andy. Let's go sit on the People Mover. We. Okay. I really it's... did love in Disney World. I loved. I don't know if they t- they it's still there, but I loved all the little the little um, you know cars and stuff that go through. This sort of old school stuff. What, what's you, the cars and it goes past about the, the? You're talking about the people mover. Is it the people mover? Yeah. The thing that right. sits in a continuous loop of Tomorrowland that rides you around. Future transportation. Yes, yes. Yeah. And you go past the dioramas and crap. Well, you go past the large, uh, the actual model of Epcot, the experimental yeah. prototype right. community of tomorrow. Walt's so final dream. And boy, oh boy, there's a Guardians of the Galaxy ride in there now. Really lived up to his expectations. <laughs> uh, anyway, we're supposed to be thanking patrons, Andy. Uh, well, we are, in a sense. <laughs> Thank you, President Circle members, for listening to us talk about Tomorrowland. You know what? I bet you were the only people who decided to stick around, so this is all for you. Big ol' thank you to the following, Andy. What do you think? Uh, we'll rotate every uh, page. What do you say? Absolutely. All right, here we go. I'm going to start thanking Joseph Dolan, Rail Goodall, Jessica Wright, SDF Prowler, Ben Miller, Thomas Evans, Nicholas Lindner, Daniel Duval, Peter Kroll, Lisa Tuttle, Sean Baham, John Eckley, Kent Pescatori. Leslie Ann, Rux Palmer, Jeremy. Ooh, this music's changing. I like it. Preston Peterson, Jeffrey Jacques, TYMC, Timk, <laughs> Robert Mashburn, Bamat, KDG, Francois, Brian Streitfield, Suzanne Wilson, Christian Martinez, Darren George, Philip Lately, Ellis Merritt. That is a very good baseball player name. Ellis Merritt. That is a great, that's a perfect baseball oh. player name. You know what he does? He hits dingers, that Ellis Merritt. <laughs> or he's like the last guy to throw a spitball. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Murphy, Donk 2015, Andrew D. Meyer, William Noel, Masturov 
these guys. Uh, uh, Matt Hopkins, Kevin Smith, Wes Wallace, Elliot Kingdon, David Chaffetz, Seth Gilbert, Kristen Bracken, Mark Stallwood, Steph Hackett, Shawab Mirza, Rachel Waltemeyer. You pronounced my name perfectly on the first try, but I honestly don't care if it gets mangled. Thanks. You're welcome. Morlin. Uh, Jarlath McGradab. That, that is like a that's perfect kind of a hidden thing too. Enterprise has encountered that alien. Yes. Uh, Tyson Cantrell. Thomas Bowater. That's a good I like that name too. Uh, Jacob Parikh. If I don't say I like your name, you can assume that means I hate it. William Black. <laughs> Ian Clark. Jennifer Koffenbarger. Great name. <laughs> Lauren the Elorian. Uh, President Woods, not the president, but his first name is Victor Romero, Gordon Burnett, Joey Trashbags, great name, L, like Q, but five better, Timothy Doherty, Mladen from Michigan, Vince Butler, Matthew Bitts, Joseph Lanter, thank you. And thank you, we've had a huge influx of people, uh, the list is long, but thank you all so much, we, uh, we appreciate you all. Uh, Without in you, particular, we'd record nothing. It's true. Uh, Matthew Asikanen, Lieutenant Andrew French, Lieutenant Governor General Sir Christopher Chris Christopherson, Bonnie Latrell, Kyle White Christie, Jonathan Munoz, uh, or Munoz. Um, oh, you would have put an N over an N, right, if it was Munoz. Uh, Martin Thomas Couture, Jennifer Cable, Laura, Laura Kincaid, Larry, Brad Harris. Lieutenant Douglas Forrest, Lieutenant Lainsa, Jeffrey's Hologram, please leave a message. John Dews, Lieutenant Ryan, Lieutenant Angel Cruz, Lieutenant Andy, we're Matthew sliding Sweat. over to Epcot. Oh, nice. Now, does Epcot have different, like, sort of uh, regional or, you know, global, you know, music for different the different This lands? is the loop for the entrance. Gotcha. So, so it doesn't. I mean, this is going to be. So just, each individual, like the Japan area, would have Japan Japanese I, music. I, and, you know, uh, right. Good God, I would hope so. Right. Oh, if they don't, well, that's big double dumbass on them. Yeah. Good point. That's a Star Trek quote. Double no, I got it. Star Trek Four. I got it. Star Trek Four: The Wrath of Whales. <laughs> I'd like to see the whales come back for some vengeance. They, they've earned it. We've, we've messed with them enough. Um, Lieutenant Nathan Sweat, uh, Christina Saad, Lieutenant Martha, Lieutenant Michelle Hanna. Thank you to Kit Gates. Thank you to Keats. Thank you to Christopher L. Mitchell, John Macy, Pizza Shrapnel, Maddie H., Rob Wisdom, John Matthews. This is such really positive, uplifting music. I know. It really does make me want to, like, run... I would run to Spaceship Earth, see what the line was like. If it was a walk-on, I'd be like, yes, I'm going on it. And then what I would do, if it wasn't, I would take a right, Andy. Most people go through the World Showcase. They head left and loop around like that. Not me. I go right. I go past Canada, right to the UK, go to the pub, get fish and chips, and a Guinness. It can't. Uh, the Guinness has got to be standard, but the fish and chips have got to be, you know, Disneyland level food, right? They're not good. I find the food in Disney World to, to be, be better. mediocre at best. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's that's on par for Disney. <laughs> um, Jake Haikila, uh, Niles Enderag, Matthew Holmes, Mr. The Ultimate Trekker, 
AJ, Lieutenant Miss J, Lieutenant MST3 Katie, Archer Palms, aka Vertiginousness. <laughs> He's kept it in there, friend. Maddie Chappie, Zach Enberg, uh, Natasha Harrison, Husker Danny B, Patrick, Lieutenant Daniel Weiss, Vice, Lord Commander Daniel Bond, a Klingon woman wielding a Mechla. How do you say that? Mechla. 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 You did it right. Thank you. Ish. Isaac Boatset, Joel Ahrens, Alexander Markowitz, Lieutenant Aaron Houston, Mad Seb, Lieutenant Walter, Lieutenant Jeff McGregor. Thank you to Mike Boonackley. Thank you to Flying Octopus of the Northwest. <laughs> thank you to Sterling Moffat. Thank you to the mediocre and average Doug. We don't think that, Doug. Thank you to Hannah Silver. Thank you to Jenkman. Kerry Hunter. Jason Leach. Ambassador James Holloway with diplomatic immunity. Adam Ringland. Roberto. Kevin S. Brooks. Adam R. Murray. I, the cat. And thank you to Shelly, Queen of the Shelliac. Vassal. Jeffrey Maddox. That's a good uh, baseball name because of Greg Maddox. George Porter. Katie Brozick, Michael Parsons, Jess, the friend of Darna. Sorry, Star Trek. It's from Dungeons and Dra- Dungeons and Sea Dragons podcast. Grace Ellen Meixner, Viscount Von Pooh, Charlie, <laughs> Matthew Tomey, Thomas McGown, Jack Diamond. Now that is a baseball player. That's you great. have not seen anyone out on that field until you've seen Jack Diamond. Jack Diamond running on to the shape that carries his name. (laughs) Some say Arthur Doubleday invented baseball, but I say Jack Diamond did it. John Waggy, Team Pigeon Double Take. Thank you. Todd Harmon, (laughs) Garrett Avalar, Heather Knight, Megan Brady-Wright, Peter Goodwin, Matt Snyder, Scott Farley, Heather Korshgen, Gregory Durain, Duncan Delp, Daniel Heron, Tamika Mitchell, Robert, Roberta Cat, Lieutenant Sean Moore, Sean Daly, MW, Sean Cameron, Andy Benton, Zach Smith, Seamus O'Toole, Darmok, and Sinatra at the Sands. His voice loud. Uh, Patrick Reese, Eric Peoples, Jonah Brulette, David Kay, Jonathan Feller, Peter Ballard, Beth Baldwin, Nick Lenchner, Anthony Deacon, David Veenstra, Double butt stuff Oreos, Oreos with two butts and stuff. Brian Pierce, John King, Tom Bondurant, Kelly Sweeney, Michael. Ooh, ooh, really? It's pumping up. It's marching now. We're marching. Michael Rossi, David Pinson, Stephanie Dyerson, Derek Knighton, Carrick Jones, J.R. Johnson, Parker Davidson, Zach McCuller, Tanner Wilson, Noah Sudret, John Zaitz. Brett LeBlonde, Sean Lyons, Beep-Boop, Beep-Boop, Beep, <laughs> Jonathan Bergen, Carolyn McNamara, James McLaughlin, and Hayden. Uh, Lieutenant Justine Adamak, Philly G, Rose Harless, Brendan Teske, Craig Little, Daniel Brown, Kevin Polly, Ivan Bemshot, Steve, Stephanie Simmons, Lieutenant Adrian Kopp, Lieutenant Kenny Meehan, Matt Fader, Timothy, Timothy, or Timothy. Uh, Timothy Cesarano. Theodore Zatezalo. Theodore, I'm going to give that another run. Theodore Zatezalo. Hempest the Ender. Trevor Kozdrowski. Sam Pass. James Maynaro. Chris Yates. Paul Magnus Calabro. 
Kobayashimaru, uh, Debbie Lemon, Mark <laughs> He got to buy you again. What? Kobayashimaru. Oh. Every time. How do you not remember it? Because he's the no-win scenario. <laughs> ah, well played. Thank you. Lieutenant Patrick, I Steve wish I had the opposite of an air horn. <laughs> Bob Blair, Catherine Gaitner, David, Michael Collins, Matthew M. Columbus, Nelson Helwig, Lieutenant Amy Pointer, Lieutenant Joe Lenzen, Sante Mastriana, Jeff Caramaza, Lieutenant Amy Gibbs. The music really... It's like it's just it's it's proto it's typical of Disney that they are somehow to, somehow able to engineer this music that just makes you feel better. Yes, it's just impressive, and yet it doesn't really. It's kind of just perfectly blandized to appeal to there, everyone. You know, it's yeah. just there. Yeah, it's there, but triumphant. Exactly. Chuck Credo, Laura Palmer Blenford, Philip Hanshai, Teddy Jordan. Lieutenant James Tuttle, Lieutenant Candy Lineup, Lieutenant Michael Shade, Brian Storometz, uh, Corey Cul- Culbert, Corey Culbert, Jiminy Jillikers, Feldy Bumpf, Bill and Ted Minute, Cedron Law, Ed Mundy, Bram Bush. I just cracked open a diet ginger ale. Canada Drive. Miguel A. Moretta. You've earned it, buddy. Uh, ooh, oh, diet. Hmm, interesting. Oh, I wouldn't like that. That's just kind of. Zero dry. sugar. Mikey Melton, Winston Stauffer, Leon Kassab, Pat E. He took Brent a turn. You took a real sad turn when he saw I was drinking Diet Ginger Ale. I'm also trying to match the music. Oh, I Daniel see. Daniel Permit, Jonathan Anderson, Adam Sullins, Nick G, Molly Murphy-White, Beth Clark, Julio, the great <laughs> and terrible Lizak, Jeffrey Barker, and Adrian Big Clark. Andy, let's uh, head over to the International Gateway now. Ooh. <laughs> nice. All right. Thank you. This is good music, too. Josh Moore, Roberto, Gwethlin Williams, Christopher Montoya, John G., Cedric Clark, Nurse Ogawa's Fifth Line. Cue the music. Celebrate good times. Come on. Lucas Swain, Preston Peterson, Jay from ScienceDiv.com, The Triple People, John Carr, Sarah Friedman, Rob, Michelle Fairbanks, Delphi Blues, Elizabeth Story, David Fiola, Richard Phillips, Todd Meyer, Igsha, Andrew McClure, JJ and Jess, at Tanagra, The Pizza Good, Thomas, Jonathan Misner, Denise Kupferschmidt, Dylan Ekmelian, Tara, Hunter, Jeff Weiner, Judge 439, Noah Smith, Lieutenant Commander, Junior Grade, Andy Puckett, Head of Astrophysics, Still Pending Review, Trenton Hoyt, Darren Gleaton, Edward, Andres, Acevedo, Mark Redenius, Steve Thomas, Daniel, St. Louis, Melody, the one in Australia, Kieran O'Sullivan, Andy. Yeah. Say it in the accent. Oh, I'm sorry. I was skipping ahead. Now, Kieran O'Sullivan. Just say it. Kieran O'Sullivan. There we go. Now it feels right. Ryan Heck, <laughs> Jerry Brown, Joel Greenbow, and the Champ Chamberlain, Kellen Adamson, Rutger Hauer, Tim Shields, Scott Watson, Amber Schmidt, Tom Hagopian, John Lynn, Kavard on Facebook and Instagram, The Dude Never Bowls, Specific Acting School Dropout. Oh, we're now accepting new enrollees for the 2021 season now that we can have classes in session again. 
in person, Boy, I mean, Jacob Reichard, Zach Crum, Stuart Allen, a werewolf with a Chinese alligator in his hand. <laughs> That's a fun <laughs> David twist. David Lando, <laughs> Joe Shall Distance More, Tim Collins, Thomas Nettleton, Glenn Wakeley, Brian Rewinkle, Frederick Rombouts, Daryl the Animal Noy, Catherine and Jeff and the Human, followed by Maximus the Dog. And there is a, how long can a profile name be? This long. Wow, this is longer than I would have expected. Good Lord, the letters. Secunda. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, sir. Uh, or they. Uh, Lieutenant Jesse Elliott, Tim Glover, Nick, Dan Billing, Chris Lopez, Sapero, um, Lance Daniel Hepper, Alexander Cruz, Jonathan Sourshell, Lieutenant Janeth, Jonathan Leader, Lieutenant JM, who puts Lieutenant. Oh, so maybe she's I think Lieutenant. We've made Lieutenant our JM. way to the east. Yeah. Now this is China. I didn't, was there a China as well? As, I know there's a Japan because I remember that one well. There's a China. There's a China. Um, Ted Marth, Joe Blow. You know, what's up? I'm just trying to think of what order this is going in. So oh, is it, was, you think it's going was, in? A, it's was, going in the circle. If that was Italy, yeah, then that would be China. No, I think the United States is between. Anyway, go ahead, Andy. When we stopped in Great Britain. Uh, the lady uh, behind the counter, I was interested. Hey, where's um, is Robin Hood the fox gonna gonna be around? And uh, she said, Robin Hood the fox. I've never heard of such a thing. And I was really upset. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? This is not very Disney. You don't know about one of the four most Disney characters? <laughs> wow, you're putting Robin Hood the fox. In the pantheon of Disney characters, I love it. <laughs> I sure am. A hundred percent. That is a rare. That's a rare character, but I do believe he makes appearances. Oh, it's definitely a rare character to see in person, without question. Um, oh Jesus, where was I? Uh, Lieutenant Lieutenant J M. Ted Marth. Joe Blow. Enter profile name joke here. <laughs> Good one, pal. Uh, I Ian Werner. Mike Roberts. Cody Stanley. Stephen Cotter. Andrew Brenneman. Don, the Don Donson, Matthew Diedrich, Jeffrey Child, Rob Baptiste, Matthew L., Biffyager, letter writer, snarf supporter, and lemon collector, went. Zach McGrath, I Dion. Trying to get us to the UK music. Oh, nice. Where I had that bad experience. Lieutenant Catherine Novacek, Lieutenant John Turin, Alex D. Gesslin, Lieutenant Joyce Hudson, Carmen DeHoog, Stephen McVicker, Stephen McVicker. Aaron, <laughs> William Temin, Adrian Carter, Marcus Erlinson, Andrew Reeves, Matthew Dillon, Matthew Smith, Matthew Cutler, Rob Sabine, JC Shaggy, Ugly Bag of Mostly Water, Matt Schaefer, Jeff Millies, President Preston Foster, no matter, Foster, President Not Preston the president. Foster. Not the president. And then he has in parentheses, no matter what says, no matter what, oh, I blew your joke, no matter what Matt says. It was perfect. And he objected in the perfect place, and I still blew it. I apologize, <laughs> President Foster. <laughs> Risa Kochuk, Simon Harper, Angel M. Bonilla, Ryan Solo, Luke, 
as Luke as. Daniel Stenrod, Jason Inman. If you all could have been around to watch Andy decipher six letters. <laughs> I said the thing. I said Luke. My brain focused on it, and then I was like, that's not the whole thing. <laughs> I'm sunk. Uh, James Carrier, Sofa King, Cool, Matt Wipert, uh, Chris Leopold, Christy Q, ruler of the far-flung regions, masters of the good versus bad pizza, holder of the sacred chalice of Jalex. Marcello Vida, the specific, the specific actor trainee, is attempting the culvert starburst. Joe Sullivan, Jeff Jenkins, microwaved beef. Now this is sounds like Frontierland. Well, then wouldn't that be the American? Is there an American land in Epcot? Yeah, dead center in the back. Oh, interesting. Wabash Kozak, Peter Shern, Jeremy, and Lieutenant Kip Corbett. Sorry, that took a long time. Uh, no worries. Should we move on to Disney's Hollywood Studios? Sure. Oh, really? No, we're going to Fantasyland. I agree. I concur. There we go. Under the sea. <laughs> I was going to say, this doesn't sound like Fantasyland, but of course uh, it fits. Anyway, where was it's I? a little CD. mermaid specific. Seth J. Boudreaux, Jesse Dushinsky, Andy, Andrew, Polkrang, Aaron N., Jarrett, Sean Campbell, Joe Moran, a.k.a. Muscle, Muscles Ripley, Stalwart Neelix Defender, currently adrift in space, and we will not be swinging around to pick you up or Neelix. Mike LeBan, <laughs> Scott Bradley, Richard Craig, Brandon Callinger, Nathan Haney, Richard Wilkinson, Alex Carrico, Andrew Barber, Josh, uh, sorry, Jason Brown, Ben... Badenock, Secret Hail, Andy, why is your face on that Doctor Doom figure? That's amazing. I agree. It's Secret so great. <laughs> Gary so Martinez, CC Sadler, Zach Kerr, Zach Wilson, Michael Howe, Tim Siebel, uh, Kyle Thompson, Becca Shoemaker, Gareth Case, Jet Jurgens, Jesse Hendricks, Derek Hodkins, Robert Denton, Claire Powells, Colin McKeon. Eric Mon, The Interrupted Tales Podcast, Raymond, Dave Howe, Kathleen Guzman, Christopher P. Gill, a.k.a. the Chairman of the Borg, Carl Diath, Kristen Scalisi, the Goddess of Carbs, Adam H., Amanda Bootwell, Adam Rogers, Barry Wallace, Handiza Kunte, Dan McLeod, Alexis Boussier, Grand Admiral Matt Tween, Kurt Kelly, Keith Budela, Kim Vilsack, Brett Parsons, Katie Campbell, Greg Canavan, oh, Winnie the Pooh, Heisenberg Overcompensator, that's funny, uh, Fred Coppersmith, Vanilla Thunder, Ryan, not a Doctor Doom, Catface, Emily Eldred, C. Edwards, and Kevin Corticus, Corticus, <laughs> it was his choice, and he's repeating it, Ross, the Headless Thompson, Gunnar McLeod, and Herbert Aredia, and Brandon Davis, and Nate Richmond. Lieutenant Commander Balbrus, <laughs> Jillian Randalls, Brett Jarrett, first recipient of the Christopher Pike Medal of Valor, Lieutenant Blake Pettit, thank you to Robert Olson, thank you to the Kimballs, thank you to Andrew Witzel, Mary Mack, Derek Westover, Lizzie D, Tony Rideout, Trekaholic, another Trek Star Trek podcast, 
Richard Davis, Will Holesclaw, Jeff Mullins, Lieutenant Commander Jeff Mullins, Tyler Rosewood, Joe Fermanek, Jason Sinclair, Lisa Gomez, Stevie Marie, Nickel, Mallory Duke, Lieutenant Elena, Lieutenant Alan, Alan L., um, Jason, who thinks of Andy as my friend and Matt as my captain. I respect that. <laughs> Mark Mitchell, Sir Reginald Pennybottom, Stephen Harcourt, Steve Harcourt. Katie, get the cheese to sickbay, Whitestone. <laughs> Classic Voyager. Uh, Lieutenant Paul Sharp, Lieutenant Catherine Shimmons, Christopher Colbert, Colbert, Eric Rumfelt, Dan Costellic, Andrew Ingram, Chad Fate, Matt Weber, Andrew Gibson, Jason Werrand, Tish Wheeler, Daniel Perez, Matt Burke, Kevin Brown, Ben Roach, William Smith, Mike Webster, Esquire of Gothos, Thomas Peering, Brian Adams, Paul Carley, Kelly Coe, Queen Elizabeth of the House of Simpson, Scott Austin, Anders, what kind of shark? Tiger shark. A uh, what? That's how you're supposed to read that. What? That's right. What kind of shark is it? A tiger shark. Uh, what? A what? Peterson. A friend in college used to quote that line all the time. I um, can't get it out of my head. Never will. Don't 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 need to. It stays. Claudia, was that dubbed that what? It a seemed what? like everything in that little no. interaction. Well, yeah, it might have been overdubbed, but I feel like it was all their voices. Uh-huh. That was some uh, thick. That was some thick New England right there. Oh, that is what that is. Yeah, it's not just a, a dope. Yeah, um, no, it's not. We just sound like dopes. Yeah, Claudia. Brian Hellman, Karen Van Off, Veronica Wisely, Chief Technical Officer Troy Ray, Mike Jones, Scott Burnett, Brett Euler, Stephen Small, Dean Nettleton, Holder, Loxana, Medal of Valor, and Sacred Chalice of Ricks. Interesting. Christopher Venegi, Derek Atkinson, Lieutenant Sandra M., Lieutenant Mike Gaylord, Lieutenant Ron LeBlanc. And you got to go like this again. The Tiger Shark, because... Dreyfus has something in his mouth when he says it. Oh, does he? Because <laughs> he's tying off uh, something. Anyway, Jeremy Miller, <laughs> James Baker, <laughs> Professor of Humanities, Laura McCarricker, Frederick Roa, Jonathan Wentz, Martin Hedegard Peterson, Jan Leopard, Live Long and Dad Podcast, Lisa, Neil Studd, Lambda One, <laughs> Carolyn Land, DW, Whiskey Ben 77, Chris Nedgewitz, Captain Crandall, hope to see you soon, Captain Crandall. Linnea Wynn, Shart Carbuncle, Cody Wappenkamp, Brian McDonald, Chris Love, Ian Buckley, Tim Cullen, Tony King, Luke Morgan Rowe, Scott Lieberman, Alexander Perry, Diane M. Martin, Robin Larson, Katya Woolishin, Chad Mathis, Simon Tyson Klein, one of 13 of Subjunction Jeff, Kelly Newman, and our first patron, Command Master Chief Robert Garrison. Thank you. Just so you all know, there's a name that we have to skip because they ask, hey, don't read the name because you guys have butchered it so much. And every time I or Andy skip it, I am very proud of us. <laughs> He's been very impressed. Like, for, remem- for remembering. And it happens, like, I would say every other month it's the other one who gets the name and we do happen to remember it for some reason to skip it. It's amazing. I got to be honest, there was an earlier name and I was like, oh, no, he read the name. I was like, oh, wait, that's not the name. It's this later name. <laughs> Uh, well, Andy, shall we get on this carousel and say goodbye to everyone? <laughs> it certainly seems delightful, pal. There's a long line, so we should beam to the front. Thank you. We have we have TNC passes. <laughs> they put us at the back of the line, ironically. <laughs> Disengage.
Follow Star Trek The Next Conversation on social media. You can find them on Instagram and Twitter at Star Trek TNC. On Facebook, search for Star Trek TNC and join the face group. Send comments, questions, prime correctives, and anything else to sttncpod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to leave a voice hail, call 816-TREK-TNC. That's 816-873-5862. For callers outside of the United States, use country code PLUS1. And don't worry, no one answers the phone. It's only for messages. If you've got something to mail to Matt or Andy, send it to Andrew Secunda, P.O. Box 46898, Los Angeles, California, 90046. And please send an email to let them know that something is coming. Finally, to support the podcast and get even more content, visit patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. Be a lieutenant for only $5 per month or join the President Circle for $17.01 per month.